coming up on episode 83 of Pixel Gaiden. Battle of the Billiards. Gran Turismo 7 has arrived. Cody mixes it up with a new game show. Tim tries some American candies. And we try to estimate the current value of our collection. Do Cody and Eric know what Eurovision is? We take a trip to Cody's Corner. Some great Vita games. And a far cry from fun. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Very Late May. This is Pixel Guy Den. My name is Cody Hoffman. I am Eric Nelson. And we are uh, here. Eric brings the bronze <laughs> and I bring the brains. Something like <laughs> I wish that. that were true. <laughs> I have neither brains nor brawn. Um, yeah, if you're looking for a retro inspired video game and video game talk, you're in the right place. Um,. We have a lot going on this episode, Eric. Yes, we do. We are doing our Battle of the Systems. Battle of the Systems billiard games. That's coming dead last this episode. We're going to talk about a title on the Amiga versus its competitor, which would be DOS. Um, Correct. Yes, yes. Tim's going to join us for a game show. So if you would love to hear, uh, I get to be the MC on that one. Eric and Tim battle it out. I've got... I've got some doozies lined up for you guys, and um, we, of course, are going to catch up on our latest retro journeys, and Cody's Corner is coming right before all of that. Um, Eric, I would be lying if I told you I knew what it was about, because I haven't recorded it yet. I'm not going to lie. So (laughs) by the time this comes out on the 30th, it will be in there, and it will be enthralling, I'm sure. Perfect. Uh, I am out of beers tonight, so I will be drinking hard liquor. Wonderful, and Eric will be drinking whatever he has. I yeah, I, anything I, have to add? New, I, I do have a new beer to try, so I'm going to be trying that one. All right, all right, all right. Uh, really quick, we want to mention that um, Tim followed through on his word before Eric and I followed through on ours and uploaded <laughs> his new YouTube video uh, where he did a YouTube video, beautiful edited version of um, his. Vita PS Vita uh, PS Vita video where he hacks the the Vita. Um, yep. It's actually I guess when he did it, it was the one that he actually gave to me. So I'm the proud owner of that particular Vita. Uh, although he gave Eric one as well, and we've been loving our hacked Vita. It's very cool. Yep. Uh, also, want to point out that the Sam Coop video that Tim did has reached over a thousand views now. Which for videos, that's pretty exciting for us because our videos we we didn't put, we haven't put a lot of effort into the videos. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'd say that. You guys put a lot more effort than I do. I mean, I, I love doing interview episodes, which aren't that hard to cobble together because I am horrible at videos. I am all thumbs, but you guys do a good job. You, you well, make I, very I, polished videos. I should say the videos we release are actually yes, they are they are they are good. 
I think they are, are well worth watching. Uh, mm-hmm. We just are really bad at getting around to releasing them. But yeah, that, being said, that. <laughs> that being said, uh, we have almost 150 subscribers. So if you're not subscribed, please do so uh, and see the awesome videos that we do release when we release them. Uh, we really appreciate that. And uh want to point out that uh, some of the other shows on the retro the Amigos Retro Video Game Network have come out. For example, Amigos, Everything Amiga released an episode on Ishar. Am I saying Ishar right? Ishar? Is Ishar or Ishar? One of those. Uh, ARG Presents uh, is covering NES bootleg games, including Super Mario World and Kart Fighter. That was a fun one. And yeah. Sprite Castle came out with episode 74 on Maniac Mansion, which I just finished listening to as well. I just I just finished a couple days ago, too. Yeah, yeah. So... Good stuff, good stuff. Check out all the great shows on the Amigos Retro Video Game Network. I think that covers all of the uh, housekeeping there, Eric. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dig into some quick questions. Quick questions! All right, we are going to hop back to our Patreon um, subscribers' questions that they sent our direction. Um, actually, one's a Patreon subscriber, I should, I should say. Yeah. Uh, first up, we have our Retro Video Game Network pal, Amigo Aaron, with a question. Yes. And um, I'll read this one. If, if sure. you had to, Eric, if you had to. And we should take that literally, if we had to. If we had to ensure our entire video... Retro collection. It just says retro collection, so I guess that could be video games plus. Yeah. Uh, what would you value it at? Now, first of all, Amigo Aaron, that's a pretty personal question. You know, <laughs> how much do you make, Aaron? Really? Is are you going to ask us this kind of? No. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. That's a that's a t- for, that's a tough one on multiple levels. It's going to be really. It's a tough one to quantify. I mean, I could do it, but I'd have to take. I'd have to take some serious time to document everything and then look up its value. So, I mean, I'm just going to put out a rough number or, or a very, very, very rough number. Um, my retro collection started about 13 years ago and it started with a Sega Genesis and a Commodore 64. And since then I have, there was a short, there was not a short, but a long period of time when I was very obsessed with just trying to get as many as I could but I would always buy like very cheap ones. I'm talking $10, $15 items and then fix them up or add yeah. mods. Like my Genesis has an S video mod and, and stuff like that. And then all the, all the stuff that goes along with it. Like I got a PVM. I have a Sony PVM that I, that I was able to get. I have, you know, we have the Vectrex, uh, MSX, so much stuff. I mean, I have so much crap and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this has been 13 years in the making. Part of the and- journey. Yeah. Yeah, and nowadays I'm I'm slowed way down. I don't get as much stuff as I used to because I you know I have all the stuff I want to play. I like, disagree with that. I think you're just now you're buying modern accessories yeah. for old systems. Now it's just kind of changed. That's true. I've got all the old stuff, and now I'm kind of buying stuff that enhances it. But man, if if I had to put a number on it, I I don't know if I could. I mean, yep. I mean, ultimately, that's my answer. So. When I here's my answer, it's going to be a non-answer, and I have two things I want to say. First of all, this is actually a question I've had in my own mind, yeah, very legitimately, because I moved into uh, an area that is at a, a fairly high fire risk. Yeah. So my house is insured, 
But I always think about if this place were to go down, I could rebuild the the building, but my collection would be gone, and what would I do about that? And I'm like, you know, I probably need to document this stuff legitimately, get a number together, itemize it, and get insurance for it. I really do. Yeah, and I have general insurance, not just for the house. I have general for the furniture and stuff that's inside, too. We have a number. Yeah, but is that number going to cover what your retro game collection? No, and that's my question. I don't think so. Especially with things going up. And like you said, you bought a Commodore 64 and a Genesis to start. And when you bought it, that was probably 20 bucks and 10 bucks, And there's $30. Yep. Well, that's, that's right. That's 250 now. That's right. You're looking at 250 yeah. or there without any games. So yep. everything's going screwy. Um, and I really do want to get that number figured out, not because I care about the number, but because I care about the insuring my stuff. Um, yeah. So that is a concern of mine. So I, the number I will give you, though, amigo Aaron, which may be more <laughs> interesting, is the amount I have over the years put into this collection. Okay. And the reason I find that more interesting is because when I started this, uh, I, really, I legitimately started with my original NES, my Genesis... Um, and I bought a Super Nintendo and maybe one other system and started collecting shmups. That's where I started. And then I started realizing, you know what would be fun? I love trying to find bargains. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to roll my hobby. This is when I really kind of started rolling my hobby fund back into its own, itself. So I kind of made myself a, 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 a decision that I wanted to save up for the sports car I ended up getting. But to do that, I wanted to make sure that I always bought low and sold high. So what I started doing was every time I would buy anything, I would try to get a good deal on it. I'd try to buy it low. And then I'd put it like 20% higher than I thought I could get for it on eBay. And so if anything did sell, then I got to play it in the meantime. If it sold, I made a bunch of money off of it and I could use that money to buy more stuff low and just put it back online again. So when I first started, the whole thing was kind of a money making while I got to enjoy this stuff scheme if you will set up yeah uh at this point now i do not want to sell my any of my collection necessarily uh but if i still see a deal i'll buy it to to resell it Mm -hmm. so ultimately if i added everything up in here most of it was purchased by selling other stuff and i would think it can't be much more than a couple hundred dollars all all said and done now there's a lot of time and effort and shipping and ebay fees and paypal fees and all that kind of stuff in here but the vast majority of what what I have in here, um, you know, with all the positives and negatives, probably a few hundred bucks hmm. and a whole lot of effort. <laughs> but I mean, so that's what you would insure it for. You wouldn't insure it for a no. I wouldn't insure it for it. That's that's just how much I actually probably paid for my collection. If you actually yeah. put it all together, sure. Yep, I totally get that. And then early on, I paid so little for so many things, and then fixed them up or. Whatever. I mean, that for me, it was also the thrill of getting super cheap stuff. Yeah, exactly. I exactly love that. It. I mean, I can't tell you how many super good deals I got on Shop Goodwill. Like back when that was a secret, no one knew about it. And then now everyone knows about it. And you can't get deals on there anymore. But yep. but I will say that if I had to, like, 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 like what he said, if you had to insure it today, put a number on it, you know, and you would just pay for the premiums on that, that number. It would be for me. It would be definitely f- five figures. Oh yeah. Um, and it probably would be mid five figures. I'd say probably fifty. 
yeah, probably somewhere between 30 and 50, definitely less than like a hundred. I mean, I don't think I have that much, but I think between 30 and 50,000. Yeah. I have, I, I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. Everything changes to just all the time for no reason. I mean, yeah. a few games. I have, Apparently, Wii stuff's going crazy now. Well, I got a stack of Wii games over there I paid nothing for. I'd have to look yeah. each one up, and some are... I, I've, multiple times, I've been surprised to find out one of my random games that I don't necessarily care about is worth 150 bucks. I'm like, I will sell that and buy a different piece of hardware. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I had Fire I had fire Emblem on the Wii, and it was... Well, I was shocked to... At, the, at that time, it was like 175 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And it's gone up for since, one, but whatever you probably sold it for, if you sold it, I don't know if you did, but yeah. if you sold it and bought something for it, that's gone up too. So I'd rather have hardware and stuff. That's, you know, that's yeah. my thing. But there we go. So anyway, that's what I would do. Yep. All right. So here's one Pajaco6502, Patreon extraordinaire. He says, one of the things I constantly laugh at is how certain locations in the UK are portrayed in movies. For example, epic high-speed car chases through London during the day. It would be quicker to walk. Are there any similar things you have seen in movie sets where you have lived, where you have lived, and what were they? Not game-related, but I also like to talk about, because we have Tim on the show, with just the yeah. the cultural differences between the UK and here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is very on the nose, but our closest um, major city that anybody in the worldwide cares about is San Francisco. Yep. And exact same thing. People love to show car chases in San Francisco because those crazy hills... Yeah. Um, that cars end up, you know, if you if we were to race on them legitimately, kind of like those movies, absolutely. The uh, Beastie Boys video, Sabotage. Yeah. That's San Francisco. And if the same thing, if the streets were clear, you could absolutely get air off of those things. I mean, like, it is a terrifying oh. city to drive in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that this was going to be my exact answer was I would watch um, those 70s, like, detective cop movies. I, forget, I can't okay. remember the name of any of them. Like, it was kind of the Starsky and Hutch kind of thing, but some of them were based in San Francisco. And they would always chase people and fly off of those hills, and you'd see them catch yeah. air. And then, and you can't, you can't do that in San Francisco. I mean, I've been to those hills, and there's so much pedestrian traffic oh, yeah. and people traffic and car traffic. There's no way you could maybe get back, any kind of high speed. Maybe back in there. the 70s, there was less people. <laughs> maybe you know my I, I have to say the most obvious one we live in california eric yeah and the, that so obviously we're in northern california you and i know northern california is its own thing southern california is different but yeah. even in southern california i don't think it changes much but everyone in the world imagines everybody lives on a beach with bleach blonde hair and surfs all day wearing just board shorts and no shirt yeah the pacific ocean is cold most in most locations yeah. yes when you find a bunch of surfers which there are a lot of surfers they are head to show head to toe in wetsuits yeah they are not wearing board shorts out there they uh they look like they're going scuba diving when they're surfing that's right um and um you know for the most point they're they're out there sitting waiting for waves in big clusters of people out there um the California beach bum, beach blonde thing uh, is probably more accurate with uh, um, non, non-indigenous non people who go and surf in Hawaii than it is in California. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would say that's the, the most obvious one. It, you know, just like it, I would say the California coastline I'm more familiar with is uh, beautiful, but it's more like Monterey um, yeah. kind of, you know, rock, water crashing against rocks and kelp 
and nobody down below. That's right. the majority of the California coastline. So yeah, and they always think it's perfect weather, and the truth is, like in the winter, it gets very cold. You know, not not super cold, but it can get into freezing temperatures at night, and then during the summer, especially here where we live North in Northern California, yeah. Yeah. it'll get 110. Oh yeah, we get we Fahrenheit, have Death Valley. So. We have one of the hot. We have the hottest place place in Northern California, in Death Valley. Yeah, uh, right here in California, and um, but even down to L.A. The reason that the temperature there is so good is because it's a desert. Yeah, <laughs> it is leg- legally a desert. The only reason people live there is because water is. You know that now we're getting political, but it's true. The, there's a pipeline. Water comes down from the north into L.A., and that's why people are able to live there. It stays 72 all day long because there's no rain. That's right. It's a desert uh, where people yeah. live. Yep. So that's Southern California. Um, there we go. That that'd be mine. Yep. He has, so he his, has a follow up question, which I don't think is related. Yeah, it'll be very quick. Have you ever watched the Eurovision Song Contest? I honestly don't even know what that is. Me either. And if it's anything like uh, those things with Simon Cowell on him, where you know you American sing Idol and he kind rates of thing. you, or whatever. American Idol, exactly. <clears throat> I loathe reality TV of any kind. I don't like those competitions. I don't like reality TV. I do not like that kind of TV at all. So I think if the Eurovision thing was here, which it isn't, I do not think I would like it. And I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but I, I, I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. It must be. I, I've heard, I think I've heard of that. I think it's pretty big. It's a big deal there. No, I mean, you're they, familiar they, with it. it. Well, I've read about it on dis on the Amigos discord, which you can get on if really? you're a Patreon okay. subscriber. Ooh, they have a whole little section that they talk about it all the time. Eurovision. Wow. Never heard of it. Don't want, don't really want to. Remember Americans, it says, if it says Eurovision or Euro anything in it, you know, that's not our world. We're America. America. (laughs) Is it AmeriVision? (laughs) I only listen to America TV. Listen, listen to it. Well, whatever. Um, Eric, I want to tell you about RetroRewind.ca. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Uh, this is a show sponsor, and we are very thankful to RetroRewind.ca for sponsoring the show. Uh, yes, that CA is in Canada, but your shipping is very quick into the Americas, as I'm sure it is to the rest of the world. And you can go there for everything you need for your Commodore computer or your Tandy Color computer, uh, including some of the best sellers that are on the front page right now. Uh, including the Amiga coin cell battery adapter. That's right. If you want to get rid of the battery in your Amiga, that's going to explode and ruin your Amiga uh, and replace it with this little adapter to hold a standard coin cell battery. You can do so at retrorewind.ca. Please keep in mind, they also smell, (laughs) smell. They also sell the most recent Amiga OS, which is 3.2. So if you want to update your operating system on your Amiga, which why wouldn't you? Go ahead and do that at RetroRewind.ca. And last but not least, I find this to be funny, Eric. It looks yeah. like this is their number one seller. You know, <laughs> when you get your, your 1541 floppy disk, your Commodore floppy disk drive, um, back in the day, they came out with this little piece of cardboard that went in there to take place of the floppy disk, just to keep That's everything right. inside from scraping together. Yep. You can buy a brand new one from RetroRewind.ca, the 1541 transit card, a one-to-one replication of the old Commodore. Uh, oh, it actually has a part number, 251171-03 transit card that came with the early 1541 floppy for $1. $1. Just pop it in there, and your 1541 is ready to go. 
ready ready for the road. <laughs> but here's the secret. Our listeners are not going to pay a dollar, Eric. They are going to no, pay 90 cents. That's right, guys. A 1541 transit card, only 90 cents, uh, as well <laughs> as the rest of your order also being 10% off. Just go to RetroRewind.ca forward slash Pixel Guiden and use code PG10. That's P as in Pixel, G as in Guiden, 10 to save 10% off your entire order. Tell them Cody and Eric sent you. And to do that, just yell at your computer. Cody and Eric, send me. If you do buy something, let us know. We'd love to talk about it on the show. Because I'm uh there's so much stuff on his site that like things that I've had for years that I want to rebuy because his stuff looks cool. Too. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, You're I mean, like right. like there's so many things that just look better than the one I have, like the Coco SDC kind of solution. That one looks way better than the one I have. Um everything looks better. He, he he actually makes his stuff look better than the ones that you could buy years ago. So yeah. I, I want to rebuy like all my stuff. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah. Let's cool. go ahead and let people know where they can get a hold of us. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash amigos podcast you can reach us on twitter using at pixel underscore guiden you can reach eric at the project that's at d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and you can reach cody at oddball which is at o-d-d-b-a-1149 you can also reach me that's tim at Sanxion, and that's at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong, and we'll mention it on the next show. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide N using our random adjective generator. And this month on Pixel Guide N, we're taking a time machine back to the funky 70s. We talking Pixel, Pixel Guide N, we talking Pixel. Sandgren, the lead David Modulak, 
luxurious David Vincent. The ad hoc paradroid. The changeable Aunt Stiller. And the dead Mr. Toast. The hysterical Jason Holland. The truculent Mark Scott. The joyous Amy West. And the cagey Paul Jacobson. Now you know just how we roll. This is our patron song. We can't do it without you. Everybody and welcome to Cody's Corner. Um, have you ever <clears throat> been sitting there looking at your shelf going, what am I playing today? You start looking through your systems and you just kind of get a, an instinctual gut reaction to each one of your systems. Um, this is kind of how my mind has always worked subconsciously. And I'm curious if you guys have any similar experiences. But I thought today on Cody's Corner, I would just look at my wall, go through the systems, and kind of tell you my gut reaction. Some of them are, uh, you know, either extreme positives or uh, or negatives about the system. Sometimes it's just emotional reactions to them. Uh, sometimes it's frustrations or elations, if you will, about them. So uh, without further ado, let me just bump on into these. And I've got a lot of stuff here, so I'm going to try to get through all of them fairly quick here. Um, hopefully you guys find this interesting, but uh, I'll try to be quick. So I'm going to start right off the bat with the Nintendo Entertainment System. And when I see this, I kind of get two things. Uh, first of all, it's obviously the most nostalgic to me. It's the first system I owned. Um, but it's also a system that I've played so much that it's kind of old hat at this point. So it sits there um, right next to the Famicom, which I got uh, fairly recently. And the Famicom is the same thing, but exciting to me. It's new. It's got the short little controllers. Um, obviously, it plays, for the most part, the same games as my NES, especially with the Evercade or the um, EverDrive on there. But um, I, for some reason, want to play my Famicom now. To, in fact, to the point where I'm, I'm thinking about getting another EverDrive specific to the Famicom, just because that form factor, um, it feels so cool and unique and new to me. Uh, moving right down the Nintendo line, I've got my Super Nintendo uh, the Super Nintendo is one that, when I see it, it I get excited because I know there's a lot of really good Super Nintendo games that I have not played yet. Unfortunately, many of them are going to be like RPGs or more involved longer games, so I rarely pull it out for a quick a quick uh, session of gaming because I think of the Super Nintendo as kind of a lengthy game console, if that makes sense. 
Um, let's hop on down to the Nintendo 64. Four ports in the front makes me excited. I always go, man, I need to get some friends over to play some four-player gaming. You know, GoldenEye and all those games immediately come to mind. Don't know how much... I do love Wave Race for a single-player experience, so that's kind of where where my mind goes for single-player. Um, but I, I do very much like the Nintendo 64. I don't mind the controller. And now that I have my Retro Brawler, I do actually like that more. So um, kind of breathe some new life into that for me. The GameCube... Uh, is it a, is a system that's very much unexplored for me. And uh, to be honest, when I first... Uh, there's a lot of games I know I want to play, but my first instinct when I see it is that I have a controller that works absolutely fine. I wanted to make sure the system came with one real, actual, original controller, but it's got a frayed cord on it. And every time I plug that system in and play it, I can't get over the fact that I know that cord is frayed and it bugs me and I want it to be fixed. Uh, I probably should just go buy another controller that's good. Uh, but that's my gut instinct when I think of my GameCube. The Nintendo Wii. Uh, this is one, uh, when I see the Wii, I think shooting games. Uh, and I don't mean like bing, bing, shoot 'em ups I mean um, House of the Dead, uh, Resident Evil, The Umbrella Chronicles. There's so many good games on here that are like light gun games, but without a light gun because they use the Wii. So when I see the Wii, I think shooting games. I think uh, my, I keep a big CRT almost. Um, well, I guess I don't need the CRT because it's got the light bar, but for that purpose to uh, to be able to play, you know, light gun games on that system. Uh, then I have my little cubicle of Game & Watches, which um, usually when I see my Game & Watches, I just want to put new batteries in, make sure they have their tracked mode running at all times. I'll play a game from time to time on those. And then, of course, the Game Boy and uh, Game Boy Pocket I have over here. Tons of good memories. Um but when I see the form factor nowadays, uh, it makes me want to just take the the uh, either the super the, what is it called the Super Game Boy or the Game Boy Advanced um, device for my GameCube that Eric gave me, and uh, play those on the big screen. I enjoy playing it on those more often. Uh, hopping over to some Sega products, the Master System. This is one that I had as a kid, actually, uh, much later after my Nintendo. I was the only kid I knew who had one uh, at that point in time. Um, and when I see my Master System 2 model that uh, Tim gave me, I get very excited and nostalgic. That is one that's important to me. Um, and I I get excited that way. However, next to that is my standard Sega Master System, which I've had now for quite a while. And Sega Master System, I instantly think bright colors, because uh, it's got that bright color palette. And I think about the negative of that D-pad with a very... Um, the diagonals on that square D-pad are so easy to hit that that is my one turn off of the system, and it's what comes to mind when I instantly think about it is that D-pad, unfortunately. Uh, Sega Genesis system that I... It was my first 16-bit system. In fact, it's the only one I had until I was well past that, that generation. Um, and I started with the Model 2, so that's what I have up here, as well as the Model 1 and 3. Um, and, of course, I think Sega, and I hear Sonic... Uh, and I think Joe Montana Sports Talk Football, even though I don't haven't played that forever, but I played that with my buddy as a kid when he had one of these. Um, but unfortunately, same thing. The controller, that fat, bubbly Genesis controller, is always kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, love the system, love the game. Still, make myself play it from time to time when I get it out and play. It, I love it, but that's my initial reaction is just that fat controller. Sega Saturn instantly. I think of shmups and uh, Japanese text japanese kanji um tons of good games on there so i get excited to play them there's lots i haven't played lots of shmups 
and uh, it's a system that I do want to pull out uh, from time to time and play a lot of simple games because all the Japanese games are so good and you know lots of shmups, things that are made for quick play sessions. Um, and a great, great controller in the Model 2 or Japanese version, which I do have. Uh, Sega, Sa- uh, Sega Dreamcast, I see that and instantly hear the load-up screen because I heard that thing so, so, so many times, probably more than any other console, because that's when I was in college burning discs. So I think of this, these big old binders I had of discs that I burnt because I was a dirty pirate with the uh, sticker labels I put on them. I would go on, on the internet because uh, I was at school, and they had a T1 line, which was a huge deal at the time. And I'd take the, the cover art and print it onto these C- Avery C- CD labels and use my little CD stamper to put the labels on the on the discs and play all kinds of things. And, of course, I'd play the first, like, two minutes of everything. I probably burnt discs and downloaded stuff more than I played the, the console itself. Um, and recently I got the arcade stick, so I can play a lot of great shmups on that as well. Game Boy Advance, I see my SP there. I think of that amazing backlit screen, the form factor I love, and just hours of playing RPGs and and um, uh, Advance Wars on that thing. So that's all just compact, good, fun, on-the-road goodness. Probably my favorite handheld of all time to this day, and one that I would still take out and play, especially since I got the new version with the one. It's not new, but new to me. The uh, was it AE101 with the, the nicer screen. Excellent, excellent console. Then I have my DS and my 3DS. Uh, 3DS, of course, I instantly think of playing Star Fox in 3D. I still think that the 3D is very cool and underutilized, and a lot of people turn it off. I still love it. Even the simple games like the the classic collection they had, the Nintendo Classics or Sega Classics, uh, where you'd play like Sonic and stuff with some depth of field. Um, and touch games, of course. I think of puzzle games and touch games when I think of those systems. Uh, the PlayStation down here, um, I, at the time when the PlayStation came out, I had always had Nintendo and, and Sega, which were, you know, video game companies. And at the time, Sony was coming out with a new video game device and just made me think to myself, no, you're Sony. Leave the video games to the video game people. Don't encroach on their territory. I was, like, defensive. So, hated the fact that the PlayStation was a video game console and that Sony got into that market. So, when I see that that gray playstation i still think to myself all those feelings like no you're the bad guy and i think to myself the <laughs> you heard me say it a lot on the show here the, those graphics the really um really low polygon 3d graphics that were just really hard for me to handle visually um i always preferred the super or, i'm sorry the nintendo 64 with its kind of vaseline smear effect over the super hard pixelated playstation graphics playstation 2 um, I've got a couple of them sitting there, the the standard model and the slim model, and um, so many good games. Probably the, some of my favorite games on any console. The console itself doesn't have any emotion to me. It's kind of a dead black box, but the games were so good. So many great games. I'm looking at Odin Sphere from here. I see a couple of a Gradius collection. Um, just lots of really cool new experiences that still hold up today. So the PlayStation to me is, um, oh, I guess just good, good quality, good quality games is, is the feel I get there. Uh, next to that, I've got my, my 3DO, my Panasonic 3DO. And, um, when I think of that, I, I, I actually think of the controller first. Interestingly, I was surprised at how good the controller was when I got it and the way it plugs into the front port and then it daisy changed from controller to controller. Haven't played too much of that 3DO yet, but I've got the cool clamshell one. Um, 
so I, I get the I think of the controller me- uh, mechanism, how kind of odd it is for anyone to even own a 3DO. So I'm super excited to have that one. Speaking of which, in America, the Amiga CD32, the next console I have here, never saw one of these before in my life, never knew what it was before in my life until uh, this show and, and Eric and other people teaching me about Amigas. And this is the consoleized one. Um, so when I think of that, I get excited because that's the only Amiga I have that can currently play anything Amiga since my monitors are all non-working at the moment. So that one I have set up because Tim and Eric helped me out. Uh, Tim sent me over this Amiga CD32 and got all the peripherals and stuff I need to connect it to my HDMI. So that's why I play Amiga games. So I'm very excited about that console. My Neo Geo. Um, this is probably my newest console, uh, newest to me console. And of course, I just think massive cartridges and massive games, quick, snappy, big sprites, big. I just think big when I see the Neo Geo. Uh, then I have my TurboGrafx-16 and PC Engine slot over here. Anytime I think about these systems, I'm thinking to myself, smooth as butter. All the games on the PC Engine and TurboGrafx, most of them are made by NEC, but even the ones that are not are just, they have feel good. This is a system that uh, I'll actually pick up and play just to pick up and play, which is not like me. Uh, most times I want to play a system um, to play a game on it that I want to try to beat or complete or just really get into. With the Turbo Graphics, I'm still comfortable flipping around, trying 10, 15 minutes of games, just enjoying the way they feel. They feel, they have a unique feel. And I think you have to play them on real hardware with the CRT to kind of feel how responsive that is. And it's smooth. I don't know how to explain it, but that's how I feel. Uh, the Neo Geo Pocket handheld is the next one I have here. And uh, this is probably my favorite. I don't know how to say it. This is one of my favorite handhelds. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, I think of the clicky stick. It has a stick on the side with micro switches in it. And it makes it super clicky and super effective. Uh, some of my favorite control mechanisms. Very comfortable hand position. Uh just love the controls on that console, not to mention every game on that system, like every game. Just plug it in a game, and it's a good game. Um, Atari 2600. This is a console, when I think of it, I think immediately of uh, back at my house. Of course, the Nintendo was downstairs on the big screen, so my parents had pulled out the Atari at one point uh, and ended up in my room with my dad's old TV from college, which was this sharp with this black smoke plastic cover over it to prevent glare. And it was a black and white sharp screen where you actually had to use a screwdriver and plug in the, the Atari connector with the two uh, prongs on the back. So I, I just imagine black and white, super simple gameplay on the Atari. I know now there's color, but to me, the Atari was a black and white um, machine where I'd play just a few minutes of some very simple games wishing the uh, TV downstairs was available so I could play Mega Man on my Nintendo. Um, that's that's the gut feeling I get on that. So we got the 7800 here. Now, 7800, honestly, um, I have the console. What I think of, most of the games in the 7800 have stark black backgrounds. They have good gameplay. They are uh, better versions of the games, of course, than, than previous Ataris. But they almost all just have black backgrounds with colors to make things work. I don't know. Um, colors on top of colored sprites. So when I think of the 7800, I think of a black background system for the most part. Uh, Atari Jaguar. Um, I have to, I, I love the form factor, so I, I, I'm very drawn to how bizarre it is and how, um, how unique the system is to, for me to be able to own it. Uh, it's exciting to me. It's definitely that 90s extreme thing, but I, I 
I see the form factor first and foremost, and then I hear the startup, which is that atrocious I've talked about on the show. Like this weird pastiche of different pictures and colors and things that don't go together, and they use that for their loading screen for every Atari Jaguar game. That's what I think of first and foremost. The PSP handheld from Sony. Um, I think comfort. This thing fits so well in your hands and plays so well. Lots of unique games on this one. Uh, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I've got the white one. I love. I think of the UMD, the way it pops open on the back and the way they load. And I think comfortable in the hand. Uh, the PS Vita is next. And all I can say about that is the gorgeous OLED screen. To this day, it's the only, screen, uh, only system I have with an OLED screen. And of course, now I have a new one that Tim gave me, which is hacked, that does all kinds of cool things. So I'm uh, going to be playing a whole lot more of that coming up but they'll love any game on that oled screen looks amazing hey i've got my evercade here which is brand new and uh still getting a, a hang for uh, a handle on, on that system i couldn't tell you what i think i guess i just think uh gotta catch them all right because the way they 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 label all their volumes that you can buy for only 20 dollars a piece with the numbers so that you it's very obvious which ones you're missing it feeds into that collector mentality Love the new physical system I have, the um, desktop system, the Evercade Versus. That's the way I play it now. The handheld really didn't get too much use, even though I I love the concept. Uh, But now I can play games on both. Very cool. Um, Then I've got my Game Gear, my Sega Game Gear. And it's got that big, bulky Genesis controller feel. It's not terribly comfortable. It's a little too big. And I think of that whitewashed screen that's really hard to see. And I think of no battery life. A lot of negatives on the Game Gear, honestly. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is why I think they need to come out with a new version of the Game Gear with modern, just a whole new one with modern uh, technology you can plug games in. But uh, then I got the Wonder Swan, the Japanese Wonder Swan uh, from Bandai. And um, uh, when I think of that one, I think of a vertically, uh, a screen, obviously you can hold it horizontally, but I think of holding it vertically and playing some really cool puzzle games vertically. Um, Fun system, fun system. Uh, Intellivision. Uh, when I think of the Intellivision, I, of course, think of the, the control pad, which has 12 buttons on it, a whole bunch of numbers and things like that. And I think of the Dungeons & Dragons game, name's not coming to me right now, but that uses a lot of those buttons. Um, playing games where you have to put overlays in and press different, like lots of different button options to make very complex games. So I think of like a complex Atari almost. Um, how about the Fairchild Channel F? Well, right now... When I think of the Fairchild Channel F, again, I think it's cool. It's very of the era with the smoke black and the wood, but uh, it doesn't work. Mine doesn't terribly work. I know the electronics are working because you can barely see it running behind the screen, but my video at output doesn't work on that. So right now, I just think, you know, it's a shelf It's a shelf piece. Uh, my Vectrix. This <laughs> one of my favorite pieces to own. Uh, my Vectrix, I think... I kind of like the the turbo graphics. I think smooth vector graphics, and I think of a dark room because you get your room nice and dark, and they they pop off the screen. Those bright white lines pop off the screen. Um, love playing most games on the Vectrix. Again, short bursts, and they just feel good, and they look cool. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Uh, moving on, we've got the ColecoVision. Uh, what do I think of when I think of the ColecoVision? Um, I have a large library of original games that came with my ColecoVision. 
So I just kind of think of all the arcade classics and that uh, trying to play them with that disc. The ColecoVision has this big round controller button, kind of like a D-pad, but six up higher and it rotates a lot and it kind of spins. Um, so uh, I think of great games and great gameplay, but kind of hindered by the control method, which makes it difficult and my thumbs start hurting. So that's kind of what I think of the disc and the pain in my thumbs. Um, I think that's just about it for the consoles. Um, I'm not going to dig into the computers, but maybe I'll do that another day. Um, of course, I've got newer ones like the Xbox 360 and and uh, the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3 here. Um, but not not a terrible amount to talk about with those. So uh, I think I will leave it right there. I probably missed a few systems that aren't sitting on the shelf at this moment. Kind of looking around here. Uh, but that's that's about it. That's what I feel. Do you, if you guys have any uh, gut reactions to any system, good, bad, indifferent, uh, it'd be fun to hear about them in our Discord if you're on there. Or you can, of course, email the show. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed hearing kind of my brief thoughts about these systems. And uh, feel free to yell at me and get mad and disagree and, and take all my words out of context and tell me how much I hate these consoles because I said something negative about them. But the truth is, I love every console I own. Otherwise, I would not own it. And uh, I just love them for different reasons and for different ways. So you guys have a great month, and I will catch you up on Cody's Corner next month. Hello, boys and girls. This here's a true story that we just made up. All right, we are back here in the studio with a virtual guest named Timothy Drew. Hello, everyone. They say hello, and Eric just nods contemplatively. Just nod. Yeah. Eric's just chill. Eric's chill today. He's, He's laid cast. back. He's laid back. <laughs> laid back. We, we may or may not have been quoting Snoop Dogg in the, uh, in the <laughs> intermission there. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, we have a number of things to talk about. I am very excited to do and talk about all these things, but we cannot do so without a fresh glass of juice. Are you talking <laughs> beverages here? I'm talking bevies. That's right. So, so, Cody, are you going beers this time, or are you back on the whiskey? No, I I once again failed to get the beers to the house, and therefore I uh, am... In drinking other things, I, I raided my fingers. liquor my liquor cabinet to find things I could review. And mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on the last episode, I had I had a beer, and then uh, I tried to open this bottle of Bacardi Ron Solera rum, which looks just awful. And there was Jeez. a little like bartender Woof. thing in the top, but <laughs> wouldn't allow me to pour it. Exactly. So. Between episodes, I watched YouTube and had to learn how to bypass the, like, bartender thing that's on here that prevents alcohol from coming out until you have a, a tapper. I don't Just know. Just cut the darn thing off and drink it straight from the bowl. That's well, what I said. I said he should hit, get his big saber out and just yeah. whack it like a champagne bottle. So the YouTube exactly. video literally showed a guy with a knife cutting the part off, and so I did that. Uh, Eric was worried that he was going to have to call the hospital. Exactly. Uh, and then as soon, as soon as the smell of this particular uh, alcohol hit me in the face, I just said, whoa, nope, that's not happening. That's not happening. We're not doing that tonight. So what I am going to have, actually, this looks even worse, but I promise you it's not. I actually got this for my wife for Mother's Day, but I'm going to drink it on the show. Um, it is a bottle of uh, a liquor called Stolen X. Stolen? Rock and Rye. 
Rock and Rye. This stuff what is, is amazing. What is it? So I've had another one from a, a brand called like Horlatchers. Yeah. Rock and Rye. And basically, uh, if I read it, it's made with aged American rye whiskey, raw honey, and orange peel, um, which makes it sound fancy. The original Rock and Rye, um, what was it called? Uh, Slow and Low Rock and Rye was literally you would take a bottle of whiskey back in the old days and put um, crystal candy on a wooden stick. What do you call that stuff? Rock candy. Yeah. You'd put some of those inside the bottle of whiskey and leave it there for a few weeks until the rock candy dissolved into the whiskey. And that was like a serum that people would like sell at like drugstores for like, do you have bleeding of the liver? Do you, do you have <laughs> tightening of the bowels? Try my remedy. Anyways. Bleeding of the liver. No, if you carry on with that accent, but you will in a minute. <laughs> um, but anyways, this is, uh, it actually is really good. And I've actually taken a bottle of Jim Beam and shoved a couple rock candies in there, left it for two weeks, and it tastes like this. It's amazing. But it's very sweet, but it's very whiskey at the same time, and it's delicious. So I might actually like that. that. I'm not a I'm huge whiskey some. fan. Yeah, I'm not a huge whiskey fan, but that sounds like it might for make your, it a little more palatable for me. Will that help you with your bleeding of the liver? Probably. So, Eric, yeah. whilst uh, Cody is pouring, what have yep. you got? So I have a new flavor from Dust Bowl Brewing Company, which is right here in Northern California. And Taco Truck is one of my favorite beers. And this one is Lime Lager, a lime lager. There you go. And so it's in this uh, yeah. this crazy green uh, glass and or can, I mean. And it is easy drinking Mexican style lager with lime and hint of salt. Mm. So what um, what is offending you about my accent, Tim? Nothing offends me about your accent. My liver? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not your accent though, is oh. it? Oh. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers guys. everybody. Boom. You got your coffee, love it. All right. Oh, that is tasty. I love this stuff. Uh real quick rating scale. I don't know. It's it's 10:04, so out of 10 hours and 4 minutes, um I give this uh 9:30. It's delicious. I don't know. I'm just throwing a, a rating out there. This one is a little too limey for me. <laughs> is it? It's a little heavy on the lime, huh? It's a little too heavy on the lime. Lime should be a subtle flavor if it's in a lager. Um, it's a little too limey and little. The salt is really forward too. Um, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it like a six, probably a six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay. 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 Probably six o'clock. Well, let's jump ourselves on into a game show. How about that? Are you guys, ge- are you gentlemen ready to play? I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> all right. Shows. All right. So I will, I will announce the show and talk about how to play it in just a second. First, I want to do a quick test to test, um, how do I describe this? The audio latency to make sure it's fairly even here. So I'm gonna count. I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then when it's time to say four, you guys both say four. Let's see how close we are. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. Yep. One, yep. two, three, four. Four. All right. So Eric's got a very like a quarter of a second advantage. So Tim, if you win this, it just makes him feel that much more dumb. So that's cool. We're good. 
<laughs> we're just going to roll with it. So, um, this game is called What Game Is Cody Thinking Of? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that down real quick. So uh, so this is basically a made-up game. We're just going to sit here and shout <laughs> games and you're, until you, you, you say, yes, that's the one I may be thinking of. Yeah, yeah. No, so <laughs> here's, time. here's the beauty of this game. All right. <laughs> I am able to get creative and cr- create answers. And nobody can call us from, I don't know, another podcast and tell us that we're not being factual and we're not fact-checking because... I don't care what it says on this card. It's the game I'm thinking of. Yeah. You know, you can't exactly. fact check my thoughts, all right? No. Um, so what I'm going to do is... Don't show it to me. <laughs> I've got 15 games here. I'm going to say, gentlemen, what game am I thinking of? I'm going to start giving clues. One word or, or one concept clues. And when you think you have it, yell your name out. I will stop immediately. And you answer if it is, in fact, the game you think it is. Yell our own names out. Don't yell yep. my name out. Yell your name out. Can I yell don't, any name? Don't yell my name. That's <laughs> that's really awkward. Mm. Rupert. That is delicious. So here's an example. Ready? Let's just pretend this doesn't count. But example. Ready? <clears throat> Mushrooms. Princess. Rupert. Oh, that's the wrong name. Mario. You already failed. Super yeah. Mario. You already failed. You're supposed to say your name, Tim. How hard is this game? I'm glad we practiced. <laughs> So, yes, Timothy, you wanted to go? Go where? You wanted go to west? give an answer? I'm trying to do, I'm trying to follow the yeah, protocol I, here. Yeah, I gave that. Super Mario. You never said your name. Yes, you would say Tim, and then you would say Super Mario, and you would be correct, and I would go ding, ding, ding. All right. Excellent. All right. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen, it's getting real. 15 questions, so there can't be a tie. I will start naming things, starting with question number one candy platformer amiga uh, tim tim please give an answer Zool. tim you got one point my friend i was gonna say that dang it i was gonna get closer uh and say actually chupa chups if i had to or chupa chups or however you guys say chupa it chupa chup. 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 keep, keep in track tim one eric zero point zero is correct this is correct all right wait, wait let, let me get can i get can i clarify one rule yes what's there to keep rule? me from just saying eric all the time do i only get one guess you get one guess okay and then i That's give fair. An, i i how about that i you're right how about you get one guess and then i get a, give another clue and you can't answer for that one but if i give another clue then you can guess again that makes sense. Yeah. So someone gets a free clue without you being able to answer, and then the following clue you can guess again. All right, Eric. Yes, Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, yes, I understand. Oh, got it, okay. got it. All right, next game. Okay. I love this one. <clears throat> Lizard ride. Gnomes. Magic. Eric. Yes, Eric. What game is this? It is what? Three, two, one. Three. Gauntlet. Nope. Alright, here's your free clue. Death Adder. Moving forward, Eric, you can answer again. Ha 
Hack and Slash. Eric. Eric. Golden Axe. Eric, you got the question. Ding, 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 ding. That's what I meant to say, and I said the wrong thing, because I'm dumb. Because <laughs> I'm dumb. With a G. You got there, almost. Because I'm a dumb dumb. All right, all right. Hold on. Now i got to keep score, because this is, this is getting intense here. I've, right, I've got it. Don't worry, I've one, got it. One. Yeah, but you're cheating. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How dare How very dare you? How <laughs> very take umbrage at your uncle for raspberry all right next question black white vertical treasure eric eric what is this game ikaruga bing 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 wow that was good that was i'm impressed that was good man were you were you heading that way uh sanction track in that direction I was going to get to shmup if I had to, and the the final clue, if you really couldn't get it, was it's not Radiant Silver Gun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. I love that game. Ikaruga is a classic. Next game. Sun. Sand. USA. Many ports. Uh, Tim. Tim. California games. Yes, Tim. Ooh, good yes, guess. my friend. See, you guys haven't gotten a single miss yet. You know, you've got every game so far. See? I'm, so far. This, <laughs> I really hope we get that we don't miss any. Anyways. All right. Two to two, to two right? Two to two. Yep. All right. Next game. Food. Tim. Tim. Go <laughs> Burger time. Yes! <laughs> really? Oh, man. Come on. Every answer is burger time. Come on, Eric. You know that. This is pixel guidance. You were waiting for that as soon as I described the rules of this game. Dang it. Mm. Ah, nailed it. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I hung on that one for a while, too, thinking you might get it. I didn't even have to get to eggs and salt. If you really <laughs> didn't get it, I was going to say time and then burger. All right. Ah. Next game. This one? Ancients. Laser beams. German. Dragons? Oh, Tim. Yes, Tim. Uh, Panzer Dragoon. Yes! Wow! Not bad! Dang it. You guys aren't even letting me get to the obvious hints. You're you're digging. I like it. Mm. Next question. Cows. Pedestrians. Kills. Profit. Artistic impression. Time bonus. Oh, Tim. Eric. Tim got it first. Go ahead. Is it Sega Rally? Uh, Eric, what do you got? Um, it is... Oh, man. There's cows in Sega Rally. <laughs> That's got to be Road. a time up. Road so. Rage? Nope. <laughs> nope, not Road Rage. I only have one more here listed here. Go on. Wasted. 
and you guys can both answer since you both guessed on the last one. So cows, pedestrians, kills, profit, wasted, cars, time bonus, artistic impression. We covered that. We have covered this. At this point, it's open to the floor. I'm out of... I think he no. guessed it. Tim got it. What did, you say, Tim? did you say your name first? Are you disqualified? Go ahead, Tim. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get, I'm, I'm yes, going to let Tim. Tim have that because he did say it. You totally got it, Tim. Yep. Yeah, he's not answering the I form of a question. <laughs> I knew it was one we covered. I couldn't, could not remember the Carmageddon, name. absolutely. Dang it. All right, we need to come back here. <clears throat> Fast. Future. Recharge. Mute City. Uh, Tim. There it is. I was waiting for that one to... Yes, Tim. Wipeout. No. Uh, Eric, you uh, get a free guess with a free hint here. Blue Falcon. F-Zero. Yeah, well, it's your name. <laughs> er- Eric, yes. F-Zero. <laughs> Eric, F-Zero. Come on, give that to me. What is what F-Zero? Yes, absolutely. I can see it now. Mute All right. Yep, yep, yep. Darn it. I know the music. Mode 7 going on. There you go. All right. Next game. Imps. Secrets found. Chainsaw. Uh, Tim. Yes, Tim. Doom. Yes, it is Doom. You didn't let me get to Pinky. <laughs> He's a Pinky. Nice. Yeah. You're kicking my butt, man. You're doing well. All right, Eric, let's see if I can help you out here. No, It's the coffee, no. Eric. It's, what it <laughs> it's is. the coffee. It's the, it's the end of my day, beginning of yours. Yep. All right. Next game. Streets. Tim. Okay, okay, okay. What's up, Tim? What you got? Streets of Rage. No. That's not the game I'm thinking of. See? I can do that at any time. Um, all right, Eric, you get a free one. Yep. This uh, punched girlfriend. All right, you're both back in it now. Brothers. Tim. Yes, Tim. Double dragon. Yes, that is the one. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> punched brothers. Punched brothers. All right, moving on forward. Bat. Medusa. Mummy. Tim. Wow. Tim, yes. Power Slave? Incorrect. Not the game I'm thinking of. Eric, you get a free one here. Dracula. Eric. All right. What we got? Castlevania. Yes, Eric. Yes. I was trying not to have to get to the obvious ones. They had Kojima, Whip, and Belmont coming up, so. All right. Funny. Renaissance. Needle in a haystack. Graham. Point and click. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Last clue, Sierra. Uh, Tim. 
Yes, Tim. I'll take a guess. Um, King's Quest. You are correct, sir. Ugh. I ding, didn't play ding, those ding, games. Ding, 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 ding. Graham. Um, let's see. Which, where do I want to go from here? That one's done. We've got one, two, three, four left. <clears throat> All right. Here's my here's my hints. Not fun. The GGs. Gate. Professor K. Eric. Yes, Eric. Uh, the game is... Hold on. On the tip of your tongue is where it is. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. It is... Um... Ten. Nine. Hey, shut up, Tim! <laughs> it is... Um... Uh... I'm giving you extra time to try to even things up here, but you gotta get it. It is, um, I can picture it. I can picture it in my head. Um, I've given you a lot of time. Tim, are you able to steal no, real quick ahead. or no? Give, give, give Tim a free clue. Tim, Maybe. can you steal it? Not from that, no. All right. Next clue. Spray paint. Oh, uh, Tim. Yes, Tim. Uh, Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, I'll give it to you. Jet, Jet Set Radio. Grind Radio. Yes. Yep. I, yep. I couldn't remember the name. Jet it Grind just... Radio would be correct. Jet Set Radio is something you crazies have over there. Yes. That is correct. I should have had that one. I had... I, uh... I actually only have two left here. So obviously Tim won, but... Tim won, but let's play it out. Let's finish it out. Tim won, but... <laughs> Tim, Tim would have won, except these next two questions are worth three points each. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Why not? All right, ready? I'm ready. Yep. Crates. <clears throat> Wumpa fruit. Eric. Yes, ah! Eric. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. Yes. Nice, I'll look at that. Three points. One, two, three. Oh, my goodness. Eric can take the... Uh, this next one's worth two points, which is crazy. That would tie things up. Yeah. I don't have a tiebreaker, so it's not worth two points. All right. Uh, last one. Gentlemen, <clears throat> can't find it. Where is it? Here it is. Sport, metal. Tim, yes, Tim, for the win. Summer games. Oh, uh, Eric, you get a free clue. Yes. Teams. Eric. Yes, Tim. Uh, yes, Eric. <laughs> Speedball. Yes! It was Speedball! Absolutely! <laughs> nice! <laughs> that is the game. And if well we done, don't Eric. punch the points, Tim won. <laughs> Tim won. Congratulations, Tim. Thank there we you. go. That's a game of... What game is Cody thinking of? Of course, the real winners are the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Are they really? <laughs> I was pretty impressed. You guys, you guys got... Every single one before I got the last clue. Except, wait, there was one. There was one I gave the last clue and you still didn't get it. What was it? No, I mean the Sierra one. We got close, but oh, that was it. it. King's Quest. Yeah, you, you yeah. didn't get it. So yeah, we got them all. You got them all. Yeah, that, that was a hail mary. That one. <laughs> <clears throat> really? You guys never played King's Quest? What? That's yeah, I've yeah, never played, played any of those Sierra games. It's many, many, many years ago. All those games, like King's Quest or Police Quest or 
Space Quest or Quest Quest or uh, Perv Quest. Wait, no, that's a Leisure Suit Larry. It's a different. It's called something else. Uh hey guys, we should probably catch up. But before we do, I need to ask Tim. We're going to go a little out of order here, but how did you enjoy your candies from last uh, month's episode? <laughs> <laughs> they, they're really, really good. I enjoyed uh, everything that I've tried so far. Um, the experiences? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the the taffy was different, um, but... Salt water, uh, yeah. yeah. The the only the only problem is is that it's probably got no chicken or anything like that in there. But um, Donna, my wife, she's vegetarian, so it's like here, have salt water taffy. I don't obviously I didn't know what the flavors was, and one was chicken and waffles. Oh, so yeah, there's no there's no chicken in it. But yeah, yeah. no, I gotcha. Did it, I mean, she didn't taste it and go like, oh, that tastes like meat. No, I, I think she only had one, and I think she got the banana one, so it's, it's not not too bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm no, absolutely that, sure they did not uh, strain out a chicken into a vat of sugar water and make that into taffy. So that sounds pretty. No good. worries there. No worries it, there. Yeah, it's it, they were very very nice and um, sugar babies. I'm liking those. Uh, obviously, lemon heads are awesome. Donna hated uh, the lemon heads. She said really? it tasted like washing up liquid. <laughs> oh man okay. that's fine more for me no problem with that <laughs> so yeah awesome thank you very much fun fun how are the did we did we dig into the uh the whales <laughs> uh yes actually that's one thing that didn't go down too yeah. well <laughs> <laughs> don't buy that, the that one was, dollar dollar tree far, that one <laughs> <laughs> they didn't look amazing but hey you know what no. i i attempted the thought was there Thank you very much. That was, much uh, for the listeners, that was the... Um, the, uh, the cheese whales. <laughs> cheese, yeah, they were uh, goldfish, but off-brand, so they were like cheese whales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they've got to be better. They're bigger. Um, oh, yeah, no, I was, was going to ask you, I, you, you told me offline, but the circus peanuts, that was the one that, by far, the worst, in my opinion, but you didn't have that, that reaction. Yeah, I, I was actually really thrown by that, because... I don't know. I was, because it says peanuts, I was expecting a peanut or something in the middle of it. But it's just—it's actually a chicken the shape of them. But um, yeah, yeah we have we have a thing over here called um, Bassett's foam bananas, and they're they're like a, obviously a banana shape and all that sort of thing. But when you bite into them, they're exactly the same texture and very very similar taste. And I actually quite like those, so I didn't mind the circus peanuts to be honest. <laughs> so I read that to my wife. He's like, he says they taste like something called foam banana. Bananas, and she like threw up in her mouth. <laughs> uh, I'll be sure to send those some of those. Ne- I'm sure I sent you guys some of those at one stage. I'm sure I did. Bone bananas. I don't recall yeah. bone bananas. I remember. Yeah. So it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I whatever. Everyone has their own t- taste buds, but the fake banana flavor they put in things is the most disgusting thing in the world to me and a lot it of is. people I know. And we were at a candy store the other day, and they had a bag where they had separated only the bananas out of Runts. Do you remember Runts? Oh, yeah. Tim or Eric? I don't know if Tim, I don't know if Runts made it over there, but no. they took the bananas out, and they were selling just a bag of Runt bananas for like five ninety nine. And I'm and the like, bananas are the worst. I'm like, you couldn't like little, pay me to eat them. <laughs> yeah, there's like little cherries, little limes. Um, God, it's been a while since I've had runts, but Great, the bananas are the worst. Yeah, everyone, you would eat everything but the banana. Yeah, That's exactly. Everyone did. 
So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you have plenty of the bananas left over because nobody eats those. It's the same with Laffy Taffy. Nobody eats a banana. We have have, um, over here, we have uh, um, chocolates called Revels. And they've got, uh, I think it's either three or four different types of chocolates with filled centers in each of them. So like one of them's uh, caramel, one of them's coffee, one of them's like a a chocolate sphere. And there's a Maltesers and one's orange. And uh, you you kind of like the the running joke is that you just don't know what you're going to get. And if you get the orange, it's like, that's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that sounds good to me. But but to be fair, the other four flavors kind of have a similar, you know, coffee and uh caramel they kind of have that mellow flavor then orange would just hit you upside the head all of a sudden I exactly get it. that's I get right it. smacks you around the face <laughs> <laughs> uh well let's go ahead and catch up catching up with Eric and cody and tim and tim <laughs> just and tim uh, I'm writing things down here for previousness. All right. Um, what, what were you up to, guys? I will be honest. I only have one item of catching up because I did very little, unfortunately, this month. And uh, so I will listen and comment on what you... I'll live vicariously through you. Oh, okay. Sounds okay. good. And I, I had a lot of quick things because, like you, I was pretty busy this month. So I didn't have a ton, but... I think we, we've got enough to get a... We're always busy, but I usually have stuff to talk about. This time I just straight up don't. So, um, so number first thing, I want to know who is delivering the fun to Tim. Uh, yeah, there's there's <laughs> always fun going on. And there's always deliveries going on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was um, a message went out on Twitter <clears throat> from our friends over at uh, Reset64 um who obviously produce an awesome magazine and yep. also uh well involved with the craptastic competition yes. and uh he said oh i've got some physical copies of reset 64 coming out um so i shoot shot him a dm and said yes please um and they eventually turned up nice. all the way from australia so i have two editions so this one is one of the earlier Ooh, ones shiny yeah, yeah, they're really, really well done. They're beautiful. Have you got any physical editions, Eric? I do, I do. I have, I think, t- two physical editions of Reset 64. Yeah. They were around here. I don't know where they are exactly, but yeah, I have a couple physical copies of that. So am I right in thinking all the front covers are all done by Ant, Ant. aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Ant's Stiller. Stiller. Yeah. Yep. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Ant. Yeah. They're gorgeous. So we've got this one. Uh, this is sort of like an earlier one. So we're going back Mike and Molly, which is brilliant game. Um, what else we, oh, Run, run and Gun. Uh, I didn't, oh, these these are previews. I did not uh, realize uh, that, that Ant was an artist. So oh, uh, yeah. He's got some beautiful stuff going on. And he's a Patreon subscriber. He is. I, and I knew that much. And there you go. Hibernated, hibernated the director's cut on the back. And that's that one and then this is i think this is the most recent one this gunship artwork check that that's out that's cool yeah that is that's awesome so cool isn't it the helicopter yeah. uh, about to blow my face off like looking right yeah. at me um and this has got sort of like previews it's got reviews in there um 
and it's even got a cartoon at the back by Cameron Davis. So they do a, ca- a cartoon every issue. Cartoon? That, yeah. That's a British term. Cartoons are animated. You must be talking mm. about like a comic strip. Like a comic strip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another, another small uh, linguistical difference. Yeah. So there we go. So I've got a couple Very of cool. physical reset 64. How much are those running for? Those. Uh, they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but is it yeah, all in the shipping? Is that why? Uh, it's, yeah, it's 50, 50 because, um, they're, uh, I, we, they need to ship them individually as well. Uh, oh, cause they it's, do. it's oh, actually yeah. cheaper to ship them individually than it is to do a, a combination of both. So, oh, um, yeah, it's, but it's, it's worth it in my opinion. Very cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was doing for a while is when I would buy some of those overseas uh, fanzines or magazines or however you want to quantify them is I'd wait, you know, four or five months and get five at once because it was just much, much less expensive to do it that way. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But things are just crazy prices now for shipping and stuff anyway. So it's just nuts out there. Well, you know, it's not a crazy price. Some of the Switch games that have been coming out lately, right, Eric? That's right. I was uh, actually looking for news for the the show, so I was doing research, and I came across this article where somebody was talking about Switch games under $5. And so I was reading through it, and I think he listed seven to ten games on there. And one of them was Astro Bears, which I know, Cody, you've played that and enjoy it. Did I play um, that with you by chance, Eric? Yep, we played it together, like where you're running on that globe. Yeah, it's just a stupid, fun, simple party game, yeah. Found that on there, but then also I found the game Islanders, which I did grab. I think it was $4.99. This is a totally laid-back kind of... It's even hard to describe it as a... looks like Animal Crossing. Yeah, you can't really even describe it as a city builder because, I mean, that's what they say it is, but it really doesn't have anything to do with city building, you're, you're just putting buildings down and their proximity to other things gives them bonus points. But if, if they're too close to something else, so even though I always say that I hate puzzle games, this one cleverly disguises them, (laughs) disguises it as a puzzle game. So I'm okay with it. As long as I'm fooled into thinking it's not a puzzle game, I'm okay. It's almost like, it looks and, almost like a single player board game. So, and it is, it, it, it's very much, you get the, you get a feel like a board game, but it's very laid back because there's no rush. You have to place pieces in the city where they're not in proximity to other things that will lower the score. It's hard to explain, but very easy to pick up. And then as you do that, you get points and if you get to a certain point value, it goes to the next island and you start building again. But the graphics are really pretty. The controls are tight. Like you can rotate around the island to other sides of ledges and things like that. So it's very easy to rotate, zoom in, zoom out, and then you just build your score up. So it's a fun little game, but totally worth the four dollars 99 cents. So that one's a lot of fun. I played that for a, a couple hours. Um, the other game is called either Akane or Akane. Um, so A-K-A-N-E. This one 
and this is on Switch. I think it was four ninety nine as well. It is a twin stick slice them up kind of game slice where you I like that slice and dice. <laughs> yep. So where you're um, a woman that has a katana, but she also has a gun as the secondary. So you have a revolver, like you can see her shooting, but then you can also do a kind of slash, and you're going. It's almost like an arena twin stick shooter slash them up. Mm-hmm. And but it's it vampire also, survivor. Yep, it also has very light RPG elements. You can find new weapons, new guns, new katanas that have um, different abilities. So it's in that aspect, it's also like a roguelike. Like you, you play, you build up, and then if you die, you go into the next level with different kind of, uh, you know with different skills or whatever you can like build up the skills of your, of your character. It looks addictive. So it's, it's one of those games. And then there's like super power ups, like the dragon slash or something like that, where you can, when you, when you get a certain uh, power up number, you can draw a line and then you just kill everybody in that path. So it, it it's slash. a very interesting game, but it's definitely again, worth four ninety nine. These are two games that are really fun for super cheap on the play store. So yeah, it looks like it's c- c- combo crazy as well. Exactly. <laughs> combo yep. crazy. It looks like something that makes me want to say, if it's above $5, I'm just going to give it the boot. Ooh. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a transition unless you complete it, Tim. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have been going to a couple of car boot sales over here. Um, so they are, um, I kind of touch on this in my tea time with Tim, um, this, this month, uh, which would have been earlier in the last episode because I got it on time this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there, there's been a few little things that I've, I've picked up, but, um, yeah, th- this, this just past Sunday actually, um, I was wandering around. And uh, I literally came up to this table um, and uh, the couple that were selling their stuff, this, this, <laughs> the lady said, I'm so surprised this hasn't sold yet. And then I looked down and right in front of me was an Xbox, original OG Xbox Ooh, with nice. a big pile of games and a controller on the top. And she said, I'm so surprised this hasn't sold yet. So I just looked down at it and I thought, Right. Okay. You're <laughs> that right. seems like you a challenge said, to me. You just said it has. <laughs> it has. <laughs> and they made the mistake of putting like a sticker on the table and said, uh, you know, normally you just don't put any prices on things and then you just sort of like just chance your arm, you know, say, oh, I want 25 quid for it or something like that. And, and then, then you haggle. Um, but they put a sticker on the table. They want between 15 and 20 pounds for it. It's like, well, of course I'm going to go in on the lowest. Like, I'd <laughs> like to. Of course. Uh, how about 18? Yeah. <laughs> 18 sounds good. So, 15 yeah, pounds. Um, wow. I managed to pick up. Oh, here it goes. Every episode. A lovely shiny oh, OG that's a nice box. Nice. That's a nice shape too. Big old chunky yep. thing. Yep. And he goes. Tim goes off mic to go grab some stuff. That's kind of a clat there. One of the, the smaller original controllers. All right. Not the Duke. Not the Duke. Not the Duke. No. And then let's get to the goodies. Duke. So we've got uh, Lord of the Rings. I've heard those are actually pretty age. good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
whatever that is. That is yeah, that's 13. that's a good one too. That's 13, a good one too. That's the one. Isn't it? That's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Group S challenge, which is one I don't think I've heard of. That's actually yeah. by Capcom. That I've seems very Euro centric to me. Group yeah. S is that from a specific racing series or? Uh, I think it's like the class of car, isn't it? S- sport group or something mm. like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and the Stone Cold Classic Project yeah. Racing yep. on the Classics label. Uh, another Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, one of my personal favorite shows, Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I like Not the show. No, they made a game of that. Yeah, I don't know if, if I like the game, but I like the show. Uh, Splinter, Splinter Cell, Chaos. Yep. That chaos theory, isn't it? Yeah, it's always too complex. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. keep up. Uh, Medal of Honor Frontline. Yep, I played that one. And then, oh, oh, hang on, do it, do it in the right order. <laughs> Spider Man, <laughs> and then Ultimate Spider Man, and why even play the first one? Halo Two. Halo Two. <laughs> there you go. I have yet yeah. to play a Halo game. I have yet to own an original Xbox. That is. That is on my list. That you are my... more than welcome to this one if you want it. I think, well, in, in the perfect world, I should be able to get it cheaper over here than it costs to ship it. So Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> things are heavy. <laughs> things are heavy. So I would, just just out of interest, I was watching uh, a video last night on this, on the Xbox, because what I want to do is I want to mod this one up the wazoo, of course. I've of already course. got a modded Xbox, but I don't really want to touch that one. Um, so I was watching a video last night and I can't remember for the life of me what it was called now. Um, but there's a new, um, BIOS mod that's come out for it, which does a number of different things for your mod chips, but it uh, opens up the, um, uh, size of hard drives that you can put in there. So you can go up to like eight or 16 terabytes on a hard a single hard drive in an xbox so you need like the sata to id adapter um and a couple of other bits but i think i'm going to do that as a project so very cool whether i do that just off the bat or whether i do it and make it as a video i'm not entirely sure yet but um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna mod this xbox up the wazoo i look forward to wow. seeing that zoo and um a zoo is where you keep a whole bunch of animals, but nowhere you keep a whole bunch of cars. In Gran Turismo 7, which I finally picked up after nice. talking about it and uh, Tim and I buying Eric a copy. And um, so I bought it quite a few days ago now, probably like 20 days ago now. And as we talked, it has a huge file that needs to be saved onto the uh, PlayStation 4. And then there's another file that you have to get download to upgrade it, which is also huge. So I already knew I wouldn't have the room. Uh, so you guys graciously gave me a few tidbits, showed me how easy it was to basically take any hard drive and plug it into a PlayStation 4 yeah. uh, USB port. So I or- I actually happen to have a uh, Western Digital Caviar laptop uh, hard drive. External drive, yeah. Yeah, 320, well, it's a laptop drive, 320 internal internal drive, 320 gigabytes that's which has been laying around here for years. Um, it actually went bad in a computer, and I got it warrantied replaced, but it was small enough that I didn't want to actually put it in. Uh, so I finally opened it, went on Amazon for like 7 bucks, got a little see-through case that I could plug it all in and make it an external drive, make it into one. 
uh, plugged that into my PlayStation 4 and plugged in GT7 and downloaded it, updated it, did everything I needed to do to play it, and then didn't play it because I was still telling myself, I'm so close to beating Wrecked, I'm going to finish that first. So that was literally my only thing this month <laughs> i i bought a game got a hard drive ready to play it download it and install it that's what i did um and then played a bunch of wrecked because i'm very close to finishing it loving my racing rig having a yeah. blast with that um the only thing i did have to do though is the racing rig has a usb and that takes one port the uh i have my little charger that my both my controllers go into that plugs into another usb port and because I have the slim model, that's the, both ports. They're filled now. So I can't plug the hard drive in and have the other two things I need plugged in plugged in at the same time. So you need a hub. So I bought a hub, and I haven't put it in yet, but hopefully everything just works fine because it was like, a, again, a $7 hub. Yeah. So that's as sure. exciting as I get. But uh, we're not done talking about Gran Turismo 7 yet, are we, Eric? Nope, because you guys got me a copy of that, which I appreciate, and I did play it a little I, I didn't have a ton of time, but I, I've played, you know, I've got, I've acquired, I think I have five or six cars now in the garage or whatever, but I don't know if you guys ever have this kind of mental thing where when you get something like a peripheral, you don't want to play the game until that peripheral comes in. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I get like that. So no, that's me. Yeah. I literally ordered a wheel and then I waited and waited and it didn't come in on eBay. And then guess what came in today. It yeah, came you go. today. So I haven't had time to play it, but I did charge it up because it is a it is an Ori wireless RWA, so racing wheel apex. It's the one this one I want to get. Is this it really? is a, here here it is. So yeah. it's the wheel. It um it comes with the pedals. Uh it's got the nice clicky uh paddle shifters. Okay. Um, it's got the vibration and all that, but this one is wireless, which will fit really well because I want to play it not on the big TV in my game room. I want to play it on the smaller one because this will clamp down on the table that's in front of it with the pedals. And I think it'll have a nice little area to actually race, but man, I, I really was hoping this would come in a couple days before recording. So I could tell you how it is, but next, it, epi- it next month it, it came in. So I'm going to have to talk about it next month, but I will say just by looking at this, it looks almost brand new. It looks like it got very, very little use. Um, it was all still wrapped in the original plastic. I got the original box, um, but wireless. So it's supposed to have 20 hours worth of charge on it. And I'm looking forward to trying to, to play it with a GT seven. That's good. 20 hours of charge. Wow. Yeah. That, that, to. Does that have force feedback or no? It doesn't. It has vibration, but not force feedback. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, talk, um, talking of talking of GT Seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no moans this month. <laughs> um, I, I've I've uh, been playing it a, a bit more, um, and I've completed all of the cafe missions. Um, oh, so really? Okay, I've been been through that. I've got. Yeah. I think I'm on to just shy of about a hundred cars now in the garage. Um, and there is one car. If you want to, uh, <laughs> grind it out and get some money. Cause I'm, I'm up to, I think I'm just short of, uh, 10 million credits now. Um, 
there's a, a I think it's a SVT Tomahawk, um, which I think is a one of the American cars. I can't remember which brand now. Um, and it's one of kind of like the, the GT fantasy cars. Um, but man, that thing is awesome. It's like 2000 brake horsepower. Uh, it's got wings everywhere. Sort of like the, as soon as you, when you move, when you steer, the, the wings come up out of all four corners of the car and sort of like, uh, uh constantly adjusting, adjusting the pitch and the yaw of the car and all this sort of thing. And then when you, when you put on the brakes, this massive, great big, <laughs> um, wing comes right out the back. Um, and there is a tuning method that you can use for this car. Um, I can't remember the exact details, but you put on some intermediate tires, um, and there's, um, uh, some other bits and pieces you do with the gears and all this sort of stuff. And it knocks the pa- the PP, the performance points, mm-hmm. um, down to 582. So you can get this thing into so many races. <laughs> And then just cheat your way through the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just hoon it around the track. It's just it's just an absolute blast driving this thing. It's brilliant. Yeah, so it's um, a SRT, Tama. SRT is the performance brand for Dodge of all companies. That's the one. Yes, that's it. It's an S- SRT. Yep. It's just nuts. Absolutely nuts, that car. So um, I think it, you you gotta, you got to spend about a million to get it in the first place. Um, but, man, that thing is just bananas <laughs> well I, I i want us to all get our wheels and then i'll start playing um and again my favorite just when it comes down to pure like head-to-head uh raw ability or you know experience playing the game you just we all have to be like driving you know a geo metro yeah. or like a uh, mini coopers yeah like little mini coopers or yeah. those yeah, yeah there's some, a lot of little cars in there that are fun to drive yeah, yeah something low horsepower where really the racing line and and hitting your marks and that kind of Absolutely, stuff really yeah. comes down just but... not touching the brakes at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah the little uh like the suzuki cappuccinos i think they are they're 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 crazy as well those things <laughs> yeah i actually saw um was it a cappuccino Copen. There's a car called, called a Copen, right? A Copa Copen. I saw one around mm, here the other day. First be, one yeah. I've ever seen in person. Like they're not over yeah. here. So I saw one. I'm like, what? It's really cool looking. <laughs> Anyways, how are you going to how are you going to defend that, Eric? <laughs> I got uh, two games which weren't under five dollars. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, on the Switch, and I haven't had a lot of time to play these, so I'll keep it pretty brief. But the first one is Defend the Rook, which I heard from you, Cody. You either had it on the news or something like that. Yeah, uh, I was interested in month. it, but I wanted you to be my guinea pig and buy it because I didn't want to buy it until it was good. And I did, and it's a good <laughs> game. It's a good game. I haven't I haven't done a ton of playing on it yet, but um, I remember in, in the description, and not just your description, but online, they talk about you know the, the chess elements to this. And from what I've played so far, there is no chess elements to this other than that there are rooks involved. Okay. But there are no chess, like, you know how some games will have the the type of chess, you know, moves of chess pieces. Uh-huh. That's, that's just not happening in this game. Um, you do have a grid and you move your characters around and you battle them out in a roguelike style game. And 
I, again, I haven't played this a ton, but it, it, it does have a uh, tower defense elements, which I love. You and I talked about that. Nah. Um, cause I miss tower defense games in this one. The rooks are basically towers in a tower defense game. They stand in, in certain positions and just fire on characters that come within range. Um, but it, it's a lot like a board game. So you'll get that kind of feels from the game. Um, it's, it's, Again, I haven't played it a lot, but what I've played, I've liked a lot. So I, I plan on going back to this one and playing it a lot. Um, the second game is really interesting. And I think if you liked Slay the Spire, you will like it a lot. It's called Rogue Book. And it is um, a deck building game, but with a a twist um, you're there's an overworld map in this game and you are collecting ink to draw the map as you're going. And so when you win a battle, you'll get ink and you can open up more of the, of the world. And then you get into battles in that world where you then have a deck of cards that you uh, play to beat the enemies in there while you're on a specific map, you have the hit points you have and until you get to the boss. And then so you're trying to go into the boss battle with as many hits, hit points as you have, I mean, as you can. And then when you fight the boss, if you beat that boss, then you finish that map and you go to the next level. Um, the co-creator of this game was the guy who made um, was the was the guy who made Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah, Richard um, Garfield. Yep, Richard Garfield. He's he's one. He's the co-create co-creator of this game. It looks awesome. Um, it so far I've gotten to the third boss, so I've beaten. I've gone through three of the maps. It is a challenging game, so it's not like one of these games that's super easy or super hard, but it is really really challenging, and it's mainly because of that overworld map of trying to find the right things to do to get more ink to open up more of the map to get more doodads and new cards and and then move into the boss battles so it and it's really what i really liked and appreciate about this game it was easy to get into so it wasn't one of those things where you're gonna have to read a ton of instructions to get into um both of these look awesome yeah so rogue book i would say i mean so far i've had more fun with rogue book but both of them were a lot of fun so you, so you mentioned Slay the Spire there. Yep. Um, that's one I've just downloaded because I think it was on PlayStation Plus yeah. this last month. Yeah, it was yep. free. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Game. Um, it's an I've, awesome I've, game. I've awesome not, game. I've not, I've not dove into that one yet, so um, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. So I might be reaching out for you oh, to you guys for some help with that so one. So fun. So fun. I think Cody's beat it, and I've gotten really close. I've beat it with every character. Yeah. And and I loved I've, it. I've beat it with zero characters, but I've gotten close with one character. So that's where I, I left it. <laughs> it's fun. I have, have to give that one a go. And it's yeah. fun because every time we play with a new character, that character does has different cards, and therefore it's like playing a whole different strategy. So almost like a whole different game. Yeah. Um, but within your comfort zone each time because you know the base rules. But very, very cool. Yep. Good um, stuff. Tim's gone rogue with the Vita. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> another another item that has been wad, uh, modded up the wazoo. Um, the PS Vita is finally up. 
the video is finally yes. there. I've, I've got it finished. Uh, it's up on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. Um, and yes, it's not doing too bad. Uh, it's getting a little bit of traction on there. Absolutely. Um, and it's a good video. I watched it today. I, I enjoyed watching it. But you listeners can make a difference. Go today and click on like and subscribe and let Tim feel the love. Uh, because <laughs> together, the stuff. <laughs> yeah, because together we'll create an alliance. Right, Eric? Exactly. Speaking of the Vita and uh, Tim's generous gift. Alliance was the key there. <laughs> exactly. I have been like playing my Vita all the time, like when I'm waiting for my daughter to get out of school or to finish volleyball practice or whatever. I've been playing a ton of the Vita and two games recently that I found that I really liked. The first one um, is called Dungeon Hunter Alliance, but... I won't go too far into it because I didn't spend that much time with it yet, but it's a, if you liked Baldur's Gate, uh, like Dark Alliance, those mm-hmm. kind of isometric um, games that were on the PlayStation 2, you know, the isometric kind of Dungeons & Dragons style games. Kind of a, I would call it a point and slash. Yeah, this one is exactly, <laughs> this one exactly like that. Nothing new here. It's just exactly like that Comfort game. Comfort food. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, which I love those too. But the one that has really captured... Uh, My interest is one I've heard of a lot and never gotten to play. But now that I have a Vita, it's called Odin Sphere Life Riser. Sure. That's how you pronounce that. Life Riser. Life Riser. Yeah. Something like that. We'll go with any one of those. It's kind of hard to explain, but it is a kind of a left to right beat em up. Yep. But it is also RPG elements because you can upgrade your weapons, upgrade your skills, level up. has a very interesting uh, storyline where you are a sister and one of your sister dies in the very first scene and you are defending your kingdom against this invasion that's happening. And she's got this sphere that collects phosons, which are these little energy pellets. And, uh, And then the way you get XP in this game is you plant a seed, a plant grows, there's berries, and then you get those berries, you eat them, and then you get XP. So at the end of every battle, you're like planting stuff, growing it by feeding it these Phozon energy that you collect with your with your spear, and then eating the berries. And, and then you go to the next level and you fight more people. And it has these uh, chains, like when you fight, like you knock someone in the air and you kind of juggle them with a bunch of hits and then you fall back down and then more enemies come on then you got to fight them. Um, I've been having a blast with this and I only downloaded it like two days ago, but I've been playing it like every chance I can get. I boot up the Vita and I, I play this game. It, uh, it is a ton of fun. So if you, if you um, are any at all interested in this style of game, then this is this is a great one to get. So but, those both uh, Vita ex- or not exclusive, but Vita games rather than homebrew stuff. That's correct. Oh yeah, and these were original. Yeah, so this is the same company that made Dragon's Crown, which I played that yep. originally on my Vita back in the day. Yep. And then um, I heard when this one came out, the and that's first- Vanillaware, right? Uh, that sounds correct. I think Vanillaware is the name of the company. Yeah. Uh, published by At- Atlas in America, but yeah, uh, Vanillaware developed, developed by Vanillaware. Yeah. But um, so Dragon's Crown was amazing. I never played Odin Sphere, uh, Life Thrice, 
Yet, I did purchase the original Odin Sphere for the PlayStation 2, which I have not played either. Um, okay. But yeah, these games are just gorgeous, like hand-drawn, um, weird 2D beat-em-up, slash-em-up. I don't know. But they're, yeah, very, very, very cool. Yeah. So anyway, those are the two games that on my Vita that have been taking my most time lately. So, Cool. I already did that, so let's yep. jump ahead, and I think yep, you guys this can one's, both talk about this one. This one's quick, so Retro Rewind. Dot I can't CA. say that right. Retro Rewind.ca. Frank over there is now selling the A630 Amiga Accelerator, which is for the, uh, the Amiga 600, pops over the processor, and the only thing out there these days that compares to it is the Furia, which we all have, I think, in our 600s, don't we? Don't yes. you have that, Tim? No. You don't have a... Okay, so you don't... Do you have an accelerator in your 600? Do you have a 600? Not yet. Okay. Um, so this <laughs> replace The Furia had a lot of little issues, a lot of little compatibility issues, heat issues. It's staying on top of the processor. Once you plug it in, it, it pops off very easily. And so supposedly this A630 addresses a lot of those issues um, it has active cooling on it, a fan built right onto the board, has passive cooling with heat sinks. Um, it, is, it, 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 it benchmarks very well for an A600. Um, I'm, I, I actually ordered one, and hopefully it'll be here in a couple of days. And once I do that, I'm going to try to sell my Furia probably, because it works fine for the Furia, but this one seems to outclass it, so I'm I'm going to be looking for someone to sell that that Furia. So, yeah, I think the 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 only downside with this over the Furia is the is the FPU, the floating point unit. But Correct. if you're playing games and that sort of stuff, it doesn't doesn't really yeah. matter that much. I'm not going to be running like a, the paint programs and stuff like that that really require yeah. that. <laughs> we'll leave so that for Doug. I'm just going to be doing WHD load with games. So yeah. I I'm looking forward to it. Um, and you know it's just it's just fun to mess with new accelerator and kind of learn learn new little add-ons. So yeah, I've I've been looking for something for the six hundred, and I've seen that the fury, for want of a better word, is 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 infuriating uh, trying to get it working with a CF card and like say the thing popping off the the CPU all the time. Cody and I both experienced that with <laughs> our. Um, eight meg upgrades yeah um, so i'm hoping that the a630 doesn't do that i think it, hopefully it's a tighter package over the cpu so uh, yep. that that should be good um so i'm i'm gonna definitely get one of those from frank cool um and also frank uh righted a wrong if it if you want to put it yeah. that way it wasn't really wrong it was just just stuff happens doesn't it um but yes i um frank sent me out a replacement um ide to sd card reader uh the buffered one and it literally meter? turned up uh yesterday i think it was um so i managed to just sort of like cobbled together about 15 20 minutes of time uh just literally to open up my 1200 pop it in there and um tested it out with uh jimmy white's whirlwind snooker which we're going to mm. do on our, on mm. our battle in a minute yeah um and snooker. yeah ev everything's working fine you couldn't really notice the speed on boot up um with the, with the buffered interface i haven't run any um like uh sysinfo or anything like that yet haven't had a chance but even just on boot up just for it to spin up um it makes real difference so yeah it's looking like a really 
fun nice. and cool product, that one. Now, this oh, next one, Tim, I read a second ago and laughed hysterically out loud, and I... <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not as uh, as straightforward as it sounds like, but you're going to have to let me know what's going on here. Yeah, what is going on here? Yeah, so so you guys have always been talking um, with fond memories of playing Far Cry. And oh, I'm in the middle the, of playing it right now, and I'm loving the, it. The most recent ones. Um, I, I managed to pick up uh, Far Cry 5, which you guys recommended. I Love got it, it. for eight pounds. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, and I was well stoked with that. And I thought, right, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Um, so I sat down and loaded it up. And uh, the intro on it is the sort of like the, the beginning part of the story, but it's really, really good. I just sort of like sat back watching it. And uh, Donna, um, she came into the room and said, what are you watching? I said, it's a game. She just couldn't believe that. That was a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks so real. Um but anyway, so you go past the intro bit, and um, I won't give too much of away because uh, obviously people might want to play it and all that sort of stuff. But essentially, you get out of a helicopter. You're this gung ho, you know, rookie uh, law enforcement agent or whatever you want to call it, and you get out of the helicopter. And as soon as you get out, you pretty much die straight away. What? Um, yep. <laughs> oh i didn't it's, it just it just says run away well how do, how do you run i couldn't couldn't find a run button so eventually i was just trying to get away for as quickly as possible and the people were just shooting me left right and center so i died within probably 30 seconds um so then you gotta wait like another 30 or 40 seconds for it to reload again and then maybe another minute this time that I survive. I, this this just shows how much I suck at these type of games and why I don't play them. All right, Tim, <laughs> Tim we'll figure it out. We'll fix it right here. So you have to push down on the analog stick and then and forward to run. Like right, down, okay. down. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll just walk. There you go. Yeah. Fix yeah, your problem. That may, that may be it then. But eventually, I managed to tr wade through a load of um bush and jungle or whatever it is and and i found this point uh, uh like a, a watch lookout point where there was a, a, a managed to actually find a gun but th this guy is a law enforcement agency he's from america now this guy should be armed to the teeth straight out of the helicopter why sure. does he have no weapons straight off <laughs> it's <laughs> just <true>. stupid <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you meant to defend yourself from all these wackos with with no guns you just got a, a fist in front of you <laughs> so anyway yeah i got super frustrated with that very very quickly so just and the listeners it out the window oh no <laughs> it's a great game. great game so just so people know on our note page tim just wrote a far cry from fun <laughs> <laughs> oh man it gets better it's so it gets good better. I'm, sure it does. I'm, I'm only messing i will give it another go but i just it's just me it's just with these games i don't know what it is my brain just doesn't click with it with the coordination and i'm just getting old i'm 50 now i'm fum fumbling around with all these buttons and <laughs> things trying to find what to do and all the time it's just the screen's going red red a red red <laughs> a far cry from 30 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and take yes. us home uh tim you got the last one here as well i yep. have and uh thank you very much again to eric uh for uh, a little while ago he bought us both i think cody um game boy advance players yeah. for our yep. uh, game cubes 
um, and I've uh, finally got that one up and running. Um, I I downloaded um, there's two different uh, players that you need, aren't there? There's the original Game Boy one, uh, sorry, the original Nintendo one. Yep. Um, and there's another one. I can't remember what it's called now, which is like a third party one, which has got a few more options in it. Um, I just got the original one going at the moment, but I do intend to get the, uh, the more advanced one going. I watched a couple of videos about it and, um, yeah, I, I'm, um, whilst I was out shopping, I got Far Cry. I also picked up, um, uh, Bomberman, the original Bomberman on oh, cool. the, uh, uh, NES classics range. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I, that's, that's what I've been playing because that's the only Game Boy Advance game I've got. So I've been playing, yeah. playing me a bit of original Bomberman on there, which is really cool. <laughs> nice. And the EverDrives yep. work nicely on that, too, if you ever decide to get it. They do work on this, and it really is a great way to play Game Boy games. I mean, even people today with various options still consider it one of the better ways to play those games if you want it on a big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you plug in um, your game, like you say, your Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. So I was um, plugged in my little multi-game uh, Game Boy cartridge, and I was playing Bomb Jack on there, and that was, br- that was really yeah. good on there. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoying that. So thank you very much, Eric. Yeah, got no attention. problem at all. And I just have to check <laughs> in. I saw uh, that you got the Famicom. That thing's up and running. Um, yep. With the kind of garbage selection of games they give you with it, but <laughs> uh, the 3DO workout. I didn't know if if you got that one up and running yet or not. I d- I got it up and running. Um, I went through a couple of games. I played a little bit of PO'd um, <laughs> and put on Star Control. And that's a game that I'm obviously going to have to invest some time in. Because yeah, I think it, we have it looks, to. It looks pretty deep that one. Yeah, I think we have to kind of learn it. But um, in fact, I think that might we might have to do a battle of the systems or something to make us play that because it's going to be good. That is yeah. going to be a good one. Yeah, well, um, with the with that one, I think it's um, that one's got the figure eight power at the back, hasn't it? The the little standard standard power connector on the back of that correct, one correct um and i've got like a uh, it came with my what did it come with i bought bought something from one of my one of my friends years and years ago and it's a, a step step down um adapter and it's just got that cable on the end of Perfect. it so all i do is just plug that in plug the other bit oh, in, nice. and i don't even need to go through my other my, my other converters for that so Perfect, i use that yeah. for the saturn as well yeah because that has saturn. of course um that's a system that has the uh for the listeners a power supply built into it so you're in theory just trying to get 120 into the system which of course is not standard yeah. over yeah. there yeah, and the the CD drive on that sounds really weird, doesn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, it's one of those first, uh, you know, one speed, first generation. It might be two speed, but yeah, yeah just drives. I think it's probably probably single speed. I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's but, down there. Um, yeah, no, that's that's really good. I uh, enjoying <laughs> the 3DO. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go through all the games yet, um, and I haven't seen if my original stuff will play on that particular one yet. Whether yeah, I'm it's curious. Just the the it will just do NTSC or whether it will run the PAL stuff as well. So play some Captain Quasar. Yeah, play some Captain Quasar. See what that's all about. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, how about we go ahead and wrap that up and hop right into our battle of the systems. 
battle of the systems. <laughs> All right, and this particular battle of the systems is brought to us by the letter T and the last name Drew. <laughs> And Tim, what did you choose for us this month? So this month I have chosen um, Battle of the Balls. <laughs> Battle, of, Battle of the Billiards is what Battle I was going to go balls. with. Yeah, so we are going to be playing, or we, we've been playing, and we're going to be battling Jimmy White's World Win, World Win, oh, Whirlwind Snooker <laughs> and Sharky's 3D Pool on the PC, uh, which is a DOS-based game. Now let me let me ask you real quick, Tim. What is your history with Sharky's 3D Pool? <laughs> uh, not a lot, actually. Um, this this particular one I found. Um, I was looking for sort of like some alternatives, and I know this over here is just called, being called 3D Pool. I didn't even know that there was quite a, a, a different version of it. Um, so that intrigued me. So I thought, yeah, well, we need to. We need gotta to go with Sharky. Um, great. Yeah, so Sharky? we've got. So first of all, the word billiards is that a UK <laughs> term as well? Yeah, but I, I don't know what billiards is classed as over there. I'm not not really sure. I'm not um, really sure either. But my my putting the puzzle pieces together, I think it just means a game played on a tabletop with a stick and balls of some sort. So it's snooker and pool and any other variation. Oh, right. so, would, it's, would, so it's a collective term for I think so. Stick and ball, stick and ball tabletop. Games. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm going to go with at least. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. <clears throat> So obviously that so you were, you were you said you were looking for an alternative so it means you're already familiar with uh Jimmy White's whirlwind yes. yeah snooker yeah. pool tournament game yeah i mean I, <laughs> I i used to play this one fair bit back in the day um yeah it's it's one i i know quite well gotcha gotcha so which one do we want to start with today you lead uh, us tim should we go with jimmy white's jimmy sure. white's you got some <clears throat> raw data for us. I didn't get anything together, Tim. So it's all you this time. All oh, right. So th- we've got nothing, nothing in the background on Sharkies. Well, I'll dig that up while you talk about Jimmy White's whirlwind po- poker or a snooker on the <laughs> Amiga. Poker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so what, what I've done is obviously we've got, a, a mixture of listeners. So we've got some people obviously in the UK will have probably been exposed in some way, shape or form to snooker and some, uh, obviously over in America that probably don't really know snooker, don't really know the rules and all that sort of stuff. So I have written up a brief explanation of the rules. If you want <laughs> me to go through that, or I can skip it if you want me to. Um, well, but anyway, I, I will say, I, I guess I can jump in here real quick and say, I had no idea. I knew Snooker was this game that had red balls. And uh, in my mind, it was red balls and yellow balls, but it's not the case. But a lot of red balls. No idea what made it different. Uh, very quickly learned that the table is much larger. Yep. And, yeah. 12 uh, And 12 although it sounds very confusing, the basic gameplay is very simple. It's more really just the scoring becomes kind of uh, you have to memorize the scoring. That's kind of what I learned when because uh, I loaded a, a, what, the snooker game up and immediately had no idea what I was doing and, and watched YouTube for twenty minutes to learn it. So yeah, yeah. 
Um, so Jimmy White Snooker, uh, it's a game named after and endorsed by Jimmy White. Uh, who is a famous snooker player uh, who played in his prime in the 80s and 90s. His real name is James Warren White. Um, He has an MBE after his name um, and is one of the most famous and successful players to have reached the World Snooker Championship final no less than six times, but never actually won it. Poor Jimmy. (laughs) Um, He's also my mum's favourite snooker player for many years. (laughs) He looked um, sharp in his uh, three-piece suit or whatever ridiculous stuff they wore. Yeah, that, that, well, they still do now. That's that's, <laughs> that's how still that's, part of it, really. Yeah, yeah, that's the attire that they wear to play snooker. Huh. Um, if you don't already know, snooker is a game played by two players. Uh, each takes a turn to pot a red ball, followed by a selected ball from six coloured balls that are placed in specific t- uh, positions on the table, denoted by dots or spots on the green base cloth uh, that goes across the table and that forms the play field. The coloured balls are worth the following points. So you get two for potting a yellow, three for a green, four for a brown, five for blue, six for pink and seven for black. Each red is worth one point. There are 15 reds and one white ball, which is called the cue ball. This is because you strike the ball with your cue uh, to hit it onto one of the reds or colours to pot and score points. Clear with that one so far? Yep, got it. Do you need me to go into more explanation about snooker, or are we okay with that? I think, so I would, to put it as simple as possible, you're playing a very big pool table, um... If you, I'm assuming people are familiar with pool, and of course, my destination here. But you hit one of the many red balls in the pool in, into a hole, you get a point, and then you hit one of the colored balls and get more points, and then you do another red ball and more colored balls, and you go back and forth. That's pretty much the gameplay. Um, so okay, not, but are you aware of the tactical element of snooker? Um, I know you can snooker somebody, snooker yeah. somebody, yeah. So there is a tactical play or what's called safety play. This is where if you are not in a position to pot a ball, you need to make it as difficult as possible for the other player to pot a ball. Normally this is done uh, by playing a shot. So you get the cue ball as far away from the reds or the current color balls that is in play uh, that's needed to be potted. Positional shots um, that end with a player unable to strike the required color ball is called a snooker and the player has to work away by either swerving the cue ball or find the right angles to hit the ball off the sides of the table to hit the correct colour of ball that is in play. If you don't hit the um, correct colour or you miss the ball, it's called a foul shot. Um, And then the lowest that you can get uh, points for a foul, which is awarded to the other player, is four points. And then if you're then on a blue pink or red then you can get the the um the higher foul for basically five six and seven so the highest foul shot is seven points Um, the game is played over a number of frames a frame is one when one player has potted enough balls until it's mathematically not possible for the other player to catch up and overtake their score the other way would be to pot all the reds and colors there's a maximum score of 147 or 147 and this is if you pot every red ball followed by a black ball and then all the colors in sequence 
familiar with that one? Have you? Did you see any videos with anyone pl- um, making a one four seven? Yeah, a little description. Although I didn't understand because can't you hit a red ball and then the black ball and then miss and then have the next guy hit a red ball then a black ball then miss and then I can't you go much higher than one forty seven. You can you can get higher in terms of um, you could get someone could get a, a, a foul point, but if you if you went you know just went straight in and potted every red and black um, yeah, and then all colours, it's, it's it's a one four seven. There's a similar sign sort of thing in uh, darts where you hit um, a nine data, so that's the lowest possible combination you can get out in darts as well. Here's my my real question about the game. Yeah. So, a couple of differences, and obviously we haven't talked about the video games yet. We're just talking about pool snooker. and snooker. Snooker. Um, first of all, where, like, if you wanted to, like, go out and play snooker tonight, could you just go out there and do it? As, are they, yep. like, out in bars or somewhere? Where, where do you find a snooker table? Yep. Well, normally they are in... Uh, they don't traditionally have them in bars and pubs, but what they do is they have like uh, either snooker clubs or you have um, like we've got one just down the road here where Danica goes to karate. It's like a uh, what's called traditionally back here is like a working man's club or something like that. Um, and they have a, a bar area um, and they have a separate room where they've got like uh, four or five snooker tables in there. And then you basically just go in and you, you, you pay for the light above the table, essentially. So you, you pay for an hour's worth of time on the light. So it might cost you like five pounds. Um, and then you can then play as much as you want for an hour or two, however long you've paid for the light above the table sort of thing. Um, so it's not like pool, pool where you've got like the, I don't know how much it costs you guys over there, but it used to be like a pound ago or something like that. And that's just pound per game. Um, and it swallows the balls up um, as you, as you pot them, then you've got seen, to put more money in to get the balls back out. Again. Yeah, it's both, not like that on snooker. Both ways coin operated or you rent the table for an hour, same kind of a yeah. thing. But I mean, they're typically in bars and uh, the last thing you'd see was somebody playing pool, wearing a three piece suit. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> that's that's tournament stuff. <laughs> you, you don't have to change into it into a three piece suit. In, do these, do these in working the man's local, clubs in the local pub down the road here? Yeah, the working man's clubs don't have a uh, have a uh, changing room in the back so they can no. play snooker correctly. No, um, no, I just found that that funny. And are the tables really as much bigger as they look like? I mean. That's insane how much room the they tables take. are huge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, crazy. it's double, it's double the length of a standard pool table. Um, and then it's the width of it is the, is the size of a normal pool table. Um, so yeah, I, I used to actually work part time in a, a snooker club. Um, and I used to take care of the tables. Um, so you have to, um, sort of like brush the bays the green bays of the table um and then you have like this big iron um and you iron the cloth out um and it's it's a it's actually a like a you know like a almost like an art form how to prepare one of the tables certainly for championship play anyway um you you know the, the people that have been doing it for years and years and years and have got it you know right right down to a fine art preparing a snooker table ready ready for match play all right two two quick last questions yep are pool tables around in england or is it only snooker are pool tables round 
Are they around? Can you go you play pool? Around? Are there are there only snooker tables or are there regular oh, size pool no, no, tables? No, 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 pool, pool tables are, you know, in most most pubs and bars and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the they're same. both there. It's just Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But snoo- snooker's normally done in a in a separate room because the tables are so big and all that sort of stuff and you've got all the lighting and everything. Interesting. Uh, it's norm- normally in in like working man's clubs or or snooker halls as they call them. And with and then, your regular tables, you guys play eight ball and nine ball? Uh eight ball. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. last question, and this is packed partially about this game. Are snooker tables, by any chance, are the holes harder to hit the ball into? Are the, are the little channels that lead to the hole less forgiving than a pool table? Because... Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is accurately difficult. Absolutely, yes. Okay, that's good to yeah. know. Yeah. Completely and different that's, that's the difference between match play tables and... Uh, tables that you'd find in clubs and all that sort of thing. The 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 pocket. Um, although you have to the, be at the right the, angle, you can't get in on a hard angle. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's not. Uh, they're normally sort of like straighter edges rather than rounder edges and all that sort of stuff. It's, uh, you know, there's 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 di- lots of different nuances, difference in in the match play tables. Um, I won't bore you with it, but yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the video game, shall we? Let's get to the game anyway, yes. Um, so Jimmy White Snooker is essentially it's a, a 3D snooker simulation game. Um, uh, you can uh, The idea is you can play two players, so one player against the other, human players, or you can play against uh, computer characters. Uh, they go up in, in difficulty levels, so you start off with uh, playing against Tom, who's one of the easiest uh players to play against then you go up to dick harry or jimmy which is being jimmy white who's the hardest opponent um i don't know how you guys found it um i, I don't, don't know how far you got into the game but um tom is not too difficult to beat <laughs> um then the then the difficulty ramps up pretty quickly <laughs> um but um yeah it's 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 not, it's it's not too bad just to just to sort of like have a general knock around and pot a few balls and all that sort of stuff and try and build a break uh when you're playing against Tom um so the controls are done using the mouse uh to move the view of the table by pressing the left mouse button holding it and moving uh so you get the view of the table in 3D so you can move the position um there's also a tool set um, of options at the top of the screen or on the left hand side of the screen depending on the view that you've got selected uh, so from the top view from left to right you have uh, q power chalk to add chalk to the tip of the q um, q ball aim up left right down and an indicator to show you where you're about to strike the cue ball um, there's also a line indicator to show the angle of your shot and then you also got uh, the view uh, left, right, up, down, and then a top-down view of the table. Uh, there's also a help button and a button to show the current scores. Um, you also have the players' names at the top of the screen and the current score or break when that's um, active. Uh, one of the nice little features in uh a lot of Arch McLean's games, so like international karate, he has lots of little hidden Easter eggs and little bits and pieces. Um, so one of the things I don't know if you guys saw it is when you, if you just sort of like leave the, leave the mouse alone, don't move it after a few minutes, you get like these flies come onto the screen and then the, the snooker balls actually, um, 
pop up faces where they're sort of like taunting at you. Uh, that's quite funny. Um, so uh, Jimmy White's snooker was not one of the first uh, 3D style of snooker games, but it was really groundbreaking in its visuals um, and the smoothness and the actual sort of like level of simulation of how close it is to the real thing for, the, for an Amiga. Um, the game met with high praise um, with uh, Amiga format giving us a 90%. Uh, that was on the re-release on the Hit Squad uh, budget label. So wh- what do you think, Eric? You've been pretty quiet on this one so far. <laughs> no, so I, I played this quite a bit. Um, and the first couple of times I played it, I had a, I guess, a difficult time figuring out the controls. But once there's a I, lot of controls, <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of controls, a lot of buttons that you really need to kind of tinker around with. But I got to say, once I did, once I've kind of nailed it down and figured it out, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's it. I, 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 I'll admit I haven't played a lot of pool or, or snooker or billiards simulation games. So it took me a while to figure out what all the buttons do. And, and there's like a button where you adjust the Q uh, stick to, to for the power shot, for the power of the shot. Um you know, it just takes a it just takes a game or two to put it all together. But once you do, it it's pretty easy to 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 nail that down. With that said, I have to say I never I I never beat the first guy, and I've played it several hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would get the angles wrong. It would not go in the hole, and then he would go on like a five or six ball run here. And then like, I, again, I couldn't get a ball in correctly. And then one good thing is if you don't know the rules of snooker, the game pretty much guides you through it anyway. So you don't really need to know all the little rules. It's, it's helpful. It it's helpful to know them, but like if you knock a red ball in, it's going to tell you, Hey, you got to hit this ball, this next ball in. And it shows you the picture of it on the screen. Yeah, you you, you got to select a color. So what you got to look at is Correct. tactically on the table yep. uh, what color you're going to want to pop. But not just, I mean, it, it, if you're playing this as as is, you know, like a, a kind of like our level, you're just thinking, I just want to pot a red and a color and get some score on the board. Yep. But if you're playing snooker, what you want to do is you want to think of your positional shot. So you want to pot a ball. And then you want to think, right, I'm going to go for the yellow because this is going to give me the best positional shot for the next ball, for the next red, and then go on from there sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. Now, the game is ultra smooth. I mean, I did uh, – it's impressive for an Amiga. Like, it – that and, – and the one thing I want to mention because I – and, of course, I have to contrast this with the other game. I know we haven't talked about the other game yet, though. The sound is really good. The sound – Simple. But it's, it's good. It's simple, but it's almost like sampled from a real table. Like when you hit, when, when the balls clank together, stuff like that, because we'll talk about this when we get to the DOS one. It sounds horrible in that one. It's like bleep, beeps and bloops. And it's, it's, it's horrible. It, it's night and day difference. Um, you can play this game top down if you want to. So like the old school, eight bit pool things, you can look, look down at the table from the very top, like looking down on it. Yeah. But then you're kind of missing the point of the beauty of this game, which is it's 3d elements. Um, no, I generally, the more I played this, the more I warmed up to it and the better I got 
I just never got good enough to still beat the first guy. But I did get better and better, like where I was scoring a little bit more every time. Um, so what are your impressions, Cody? Uh, so lots of things. Um, first of all, learning, once again, learn about, about the game. Um, it does lead you through pretty well, but you'll notice that opponent has a lot of points when you don't remember them scoring that much, and that's mostly because I kept missing balls entirely, therefore they get points from me missing. Yeah. So that's another rule. Um, this game is extremely well done, considering the age. Um, I don't. I can't imagine a modern version of a snooker game actually adding much as far as gameplay. Like, this has mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's almost obnoxious, but in a good way, I guess. I, like, it needs to be there. Like, simple things I was trying to figure out. I was trying to hit a ball, and I realized, wait, why is it trying to put my... Um, why is my cue my cue hitting it so far to the right? So I'd put a bunch of spin on it. I'm like I'm not trying to do that. Why won't it let me go left? And then I realized, oh, because there's a ball next to my ball, and the cue technically could not hit it at that angle. The yes. only way I can hit this ball in this direction is to go off to the side. So therefore, I need to find a different shot. Um, it even has a little chalk block so that you can chalk up your cue stick, which I don't. I'm sure it does have an effect on the game because this game is so in depth. It does. Um, but I couldn't tell you what what that you know what that it, what change that makes. But basically, what will happen is if you don't <clears> chalk your cue, I think up to it's either five or six shots later, you'll get a <clears throat> and you'll just completely miss your shot. <laughs> so there's another button to hit to make sure you don't screw up. But yep. um, I mean, it was a blast to play. It, it does take you. I think every pool game and this isn't specific to this one, but every one of these games, billiards game, I should say, uh, you kind of get have to get used to the viewpoints they provide and what the angles look like. And once you get used to them, the angles all make sense. Um, but like sometimes it would be hard for me to, to judge what angle I need to put on the ball because I can't quite tell the distance from the ball to the hole I'm trying to hit. And that you have to kind of get an overhead view and then go back down and you kind of get used to it. Like in this game, I felt like compared to me actually playing pool in real life, it just felt like the angles were much tighter. Meaning if I hit the ball slightly off center, it took a much harder turn than I would have expected originally. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what that is or why that is, but once you get used to it, you know, scores got better and better. So my first game, I was like three to 60 something. And then I, you know, you quit, you give up. And then my next game was like seven to sixty something before I give up, and I think I made it to like almost to the twenties. But I'm like Eric; I did, I did not beat anybody. <laughs> so, but uh, I could see myself going back to this absolutely. And you, it's one of these older games that I forget that I'm playing an older game on Amiga. I just feel like I'm playing a, a, a game. Yeah, uh, which is a uh, which is high praise. And I've got tired, very tired of hitting shots and having them bounce back and forth five times right in front of the hole and then shooting out. That's why I asked that question about whether or not the holes were tighter because it sure as heck felt they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you you get they get it wiggle in the pockets an awful lot. <laughs> wiggle in the pockets, I like it. Yeah, or wiping its feet as they call it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. How many balls are on the on the uh, table in in a game of snooker? Um, it's 15 reds, the cue ball and, uh, six colors. So what's that? 15, 22. 16. Yeah. 
Out of 22 billiards balls, what are we giving this bad boy? Uh, for me personally, I'm going to give this a solid, well, um, not a solid, but a brilliant 20. <laughs> 20. Eric? I think I, I think I will give this um, out of 20. You said 22? 20, I said. 20 uh, out yeah. of 22 is what? Yeah. Out of 22? Yeah. Um, I think I'll give it a... I'll give it a 19. Yeah, it's pretty darn good. The sounds are good. You lose yourself in it. You feel like you're playing yep, a game of absolutely. billiards rather than a video game uh, once you get into it. It also, we didn't mention, it also has uh, a, a mode where you can. Oh, yeah, the trick shot set, mode. Yeah. Set balls up and try to do trick shots. I think that mode could have been done better. Um, it was a little fiddly and hard to do, and if you miss the shot, I would love to just be able to like, try it again or make slight adjustments. But um, I think that could have been better. But the actual game of pool is really good, or game of sorry snooker. snooker. Um, I'm gonna go with 19 as well. 19 out of 22, really, really good game. Cool. I didn't expect to be that excited about this game, but it was good. Yep. It's just it's just a good solid game, no matter what what you like. Like you say, even if you don't really know snooker and all that sort of stuff, you, it's just just a game that you can kind of like pick up and play and just whack the balls and 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 amaze at the at the the actual design and play of it. It's just just feels really smooth and really nice, doesn't it? Now I will say I prefer pool to snooker. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> completely understand that. <laughs> I think what it is is that snooker is is there's the the pot in the ball element to it is obviously very very important. But if you actually look at a proper game of snooker, it's a it's a battle. You know, it's a tactical battle. Um, so there's there's more to it than just potting the balls. But if you if you boil it down to its basic essence, it's yeah, it's it's a score game. You've got to try and get the the, the most points. But when I've played pool, that's all stuff we would do, too. Like, if I didn't have a shot at the ball, you try to make the next shot really hard for the opponent. I mean, that's yeah. part of it. And Anyways, we'll get into pool next, right? won't we? We will. Um, yep. Sharky's 3D Pool, I guess. I, I'm just going to look at Moby Games here and read some details off of Moby Games. Uh, published by Firebird Software, developed by Aardvark Software, uh, which is also, I'm going to guess the um, first software company that shows up in a dictionary of software companies. Uh, released in 1989 as well. Genre is sports, if you guys didn't know. Actually, I, I mean, now we're going to get in the whole game. Is, is, it a, is it a game or is it a sport? Uh, first person's pr- perspective, it says. Um, sport is pool snooker. I would just say billiards. Released on all kinds of platforms, but primarily DOS is kind of why we chose this one. Um, one of the earliest 3D Q, Q sports games, featuring a fully rotating table and variable viewpoint, allowing for much more realistic shot playing than the traditional top-down style. Uh, both eight ball and uh, eight ball, by the way, which is pot your seven colors plus the black to win, and nine ball, which is pot the nine ball with a shot that also hits the lowest remaining ball, whatever that may be. Um, eight ball is the only one I've ever really played in real life. And, um, yeah, the game, here's the game. (laughs) So this one was released over in America as Sharky's 3d pool, but here in the UK, um, it just got released as 3d pool 
and made it across onto several different formats, um, including even the 8-bit format, so like the Spectrum, Commodore 64, and Amstrad. Um, and they made quite a good fist of that, actually. It's um, some, of, some of the versions are pretty good. The 64 version's rubbish. Don't even bother with that. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, the Spectrum and the Amstrad versions are actually worth worthwhile playing. So I will start by saying I can't believe this was made the same year as the previous game we played. Um, this <laughs> this game looks to me like an Apple II game. <laughs> <laughs> I understand yeah. the, the 3D aspect of it was is new and something, but um, it's a little different because you start in these tournaments. It's these bracketed tournaments. And let me just start by pointing out that the characters involved in these tournaments are like over the top and bizarre uh you got wild shot willie you got harry flash slash and sally these kind of over the top characters uh and of course you got sharky there and then you got a character here which uh tim does not want me to name it's another (laughs) one of these uk us things um on a completely unrelated topic without saying the name eric what's that what's that thing that we got really into in the 90s everyone was wearing them they're like a belt with a little pouch in the front you know Yes, exactly. Was, I won't say it. It was some sort of a pack. Pack, yeah. Uh, Get your around your a waist. something pack. Um, yeah. Anyways, that particular individual is named Fast. Something else that begins with F that Americans don't see as a bad word. Uh, but it's clearly a child's drawing of Marilyn Monroe. The characters... I could have drawn better characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The, the characters kind of remind me a bit of... Um, some of the, it's a bit mean to say, but a bit mean, a uh, bit like the characters in Shuffle Puck Cafe. Oh, kind Shuffle Puck like Cafe, really, they look so yeah. much better than these. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's the randomness of them, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place, but oh yeah. my gosh, some of the hairstyles, there's like one dude that, oh my gosh. Yeah, there's one person that it looks like a fire, like fireworks. Like yeah, the, the fireworks just coming going, out of his head. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, but that's supposed to be his legit, like legitimately that, that his hair. Really, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, they're all pretty bad. But it, I mean, most of them legit looked like children drew them. This one, actually, this fast uh, F individual who looks like Marilyn Monroe, actually does look like Marilyn Monroe. So um, this is probably the best of the lot. But uh, nonetheless, the actual you can choose one player, two player tournament. There are um, trick shot options as well. And that's about everything uh, in this particular game. I can swear that the resolution for the screen, and maybe it's, I don't know what what limits it, but it's got to be like a quarter of what we just saw in... On the Amiga, yeah. On the Amiga. I mean, it looks like this screen is made up of like 400 pixels. Um I think what you got to remember is they had to optimize this game for all the different possible uh, display modes on the PC. So well, you've that's... got uh, CGA, EGA, VGA. Uh, actually, no, this is this doesn't have VGA, does it? It's just EGA mode. Yeah, um, doesn't change what it is, Tim. Doesn't no, change no, what no. it is. <laughs> um, what I will say is the pockets are wider. I enjoy that. Yes, um, it's got the options at the top very similar to. Um, to jimmy White's. white's exactly you've got you want to move left right you can move your view up or down and in and out plus or minus those are all very easily seen and labeled you can check uh where you're going to hit the ball you can um 
uh, I believe, rotate the ball and stuff when you're allowed to place it on the table, like during a scratch or something. Um, you've got a button to hit the ball, and then you've got your power meter. So this is actually much simpler, uh, so easier to get into, I would say. Um, and um, the only last thing I'll say before I, I'll, I'll let Eric go from there is the main thing I noticed is that because, in my opinion, because there's so few pixels on the screen, hitting a ball dead center and hitting a ball like way to the left feels like two clicks to the right. Hmm. And I could not tell where where I was hitting the ball. And I think it's purely just because the resolution could not give me that visual information um, accurately enough. But how about you, Eric? Let's go down the line here. What what can you say about this game? What else? What did I miss? Yeah, so the game, because we live in the U.S. here, was ultimately a little more familiar because all I played as a kid was eight ball. Um. And in fact, recently when I went on vacation, um, we played a lot of eight ball because uh, the B&B place we, ha- we got had a pool table. So we played eight ball. The graphics in this one are definitely inferior. Um, the sound is abysmal. Um, one thing I did like about this game that the Amiga lacked is being able to adjust not only the rotation of the of the playing field but the at, but the the yeah. z axis mm-hmm. you could tilt the table le- you know forward backwards mm-hmm. right you could tilt the table any which way you want which did give you a much better visual perspective of your shot and it was much easier to adjust that view than on the amiga you can do that to a degree. Yeah, you can do that to a degree on Jimmy White's, but it's not all possible with the mouse. So yeah. that's one thing with this is that you can manipulate the view and the table much easier and smoother um, yeah. using just the mouse. Now here's yeah. hold on. Here's a perfect example of what I was talking about. I'm going to show you guys. So he's trying to line up the shot with the three ball. Yep. All right. Here he goes. And he gets like, like lined up to the center, and he's trying to make slight adjustments. And look how much the yes, and the difference <laughs> is like yeah. literally like from the left side of the table to the right, not slight you know degrees of separation. That's just huge differences. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, so so I love the Z axis movement, being able to tilt the table back and forth. That that I found very very handy. Another thing is the main menu in in the other game was very simple. One player, two player trick shot. Um, I think that's kind of it. And then maybe some options here and there, this one, it gives you a much more robust tournament mode with, and tries to make it better with these characters. And I understand the pictures look silly and stuff, but it does add a little, it does add a little element of customization. And you know what I mean? It just adds a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not important, but it, it is. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's not important for gameplay, but it does make you feel like, hey, I'm going to set up a tournament and I'm going to play through this whole tournament on the weekend and play these different players. And each player has a different style of playing. And that is a little better in this game, but everything else is tends to be inferior in this game. That's my opinion. Tim? Yeah, um, I go along pretty much with what you say. Um, I think 
what we've got to remember is obviously Paul is a, a, a much quicker um, game to play. Uh, you've obviously only got the eight balls and all that sort of thing. So I think you do need that tournament element because certainly on the, with the, again, I don't know how far you got into the actual characters and that sort of thing. But again, this, the difficulty ramps up very, very quickly. Yeah. So you, you can be, you can just literally get in one shot, the break off in some cases with, against some characters, and then they just smack all the different balls in and off they go. Um, and that's game over. Um, so having that tournament element of it is is a bit nicer. Um, yeah, I think the, the the point that you make, I think that not to uh, take anything away from Jimmy White's, but I just think this is a bit more fluid in terms of like the way that you aim the shots and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's not quite so accurate. Obviously, um, you need to be pretty pretty uh, spot on with with snooker and all that sort of thing, but. Um, there's a bit more of an element with Paul is kind of like uh, hit and hope as well sometimes. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it is okay. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun enough game. If you want to just have a quick game of pool and all that sort of thing. Um, the, the Jimmy White's is a bit, bit more involved. You know, it will take you a lot longer just to get through one frame. Uh, whereas like I say, it's this, you can just, you know, quickly pot a few balls and, um, the games can be over, um, pretty quickly. Definitely more polished. Yeah. I mean, the, not this one, the yeah. Jimmy yeah. White's is definitely more polished game. And the guy that made it, um, what was his name? Archer McLean or something like that. Jimmy yeah. White's. Yeah. 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 Well, he well, made Archer, pl- yeah. He made a pool game too, I he think, did, right? Yep, yep, he yeah, did. On the Amiga. Um, using, using the same game engine. Same uh, game engine, yeah. But that, I, obviously I didn't want to put those two together because they would have been very, very similar. That's why I chose this yeah. one. <laughs> yep. Um, and I could have gone with the ST or the Amiga version or something like that of this, but I thought the DOS element of it, um, you know, yeah. may, maybe those, maybe the ST and the Amiga version, I don't think I've played those, um, but they might be a bit smoother and the sound might be a bit better. Did you, did you try the digitized effects on this or did you just go for the, the basic beeps and boops? I just went with the basic beeps and boops. I didn't, I didn't, know, know, there was, yeah, I didn't know there was an option. Yeah. There's an option there for digitized sound. So it's a little bit better. Um, so okay. I just, I just have to say that for completeness. Uh, so it's, there's, there's two options there. Um, I just, uh, just to let people know, I ran this in DOS box. Um, I don't have a, a DOS machine working at the moment. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's all right. It's okay. Um, it's fun to play. It's a fun yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But just Jimmy White's is just so much more polished. It's, it's um the yeah. best thing the best thing about this game is that when you start a game if you don't choose to type your own name in uh you're just a black shadow of a character and your name is Shadow Lord. Shadow Lord. <laughs> so that part's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I think when Tim comes over here we're just going to have to go to some some dirty bars and play some pool. That sounds Definitely. fun actually. That sounds fun. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so out of uh 22 billiard balls tim um i'm gonna give this a let's go 14 i think i would give this because i love that tilt so much i'm gonna give it a 16 i'm gonna give it a 16 
One thing I have to point out, which we haven't said yet, and now I'm watching a game of eight ball, and this points it out very well for me. I'm not okay with the yellow and red balls that's not American. Uh, we play right. solids and stripes. That's true. There's no solids and stripes here. You lose a point, <laughs> so it's 13. <laughs> In fact, when you play this with people, they sometimes they just say, hey, you want to play solids and stripes? Yeah. Like they don't really call it what ball. I hear, yeah. 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 Yeah, we have a mixture. Some some tables we have um, yellows and reds, and some we got solids and stripes. So did you rate this, Cody? 13. 13. 13. There we go. So we have a winner. Clear winner. Jimmy Whites. Shuffle Puck Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that game. Jimmy White Snicker is the winner, and it is a great game, and I will honestly probably go back and play it. The yep. only downside is it's one of these games where I pull out my Amiga CD32 to make it simple, and then I plug in a keyboard, then I plug in a mouse, then a I mouse. plug in a... I have like seven <laughs> things to plug into the simple system. PlayStation converter into an adapter into the... One of the... Yeah. Anyways. Lots of things. But um, it works. That's why we do this hobby. Nothing's ever simple, is it? That's right. <laughs> and, and then we get to play an old game that we could play a better version of, like, by hopping onto Steam for 99 cents. Yeah. But we love it. All right, gentlemen, that is an episode of Pixel Gaiden in the books. Nice. And that is uh, March about May 2022. We will see you guys next month on the 15th for our next episode where we'll uh, talk news, catch up, do all those things, and uh, we'll see if we have a... Let's see, Eric. I think Eric's going to try to put together a battle for us for maybe some fighters. Yeah, sure. Is it time to put Cody through that? It's time to put Cody through some fighters. I'll pick two good ones. <laughs> there we go. Let's let's do some dead or alive ones. At least I can get some enjoyment out of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to pick some that I haven't played much because, you know, something like Street Fighter or something I've played so much, it's not fair. I want to play something that we all haven't really memorized moves for or whatever. Dead or alive beach volleyball. Yeah, exactly. Although Tim's already played one of those. He took one for the team, as he put it. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, I will see you guys next week. And for all the listeners out there, please remember, it's It's dangerous dangerous to to go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>